Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports Live at the 11 Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakita McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. Also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can catch them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Also, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including our iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have a question or comment for us during our two-hour extravaganza for a show for today? You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, or do you think you're just plain old slick, I am giving Lakina full permission, full control to give you the Bill and Beer boot. Bye. <laughs> I love when I say that. <laughs> Speaking of getting the boot, Lakini, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing March Madness. College basketball for the state of Illinois uh, is, uh, has not been good. Uh, we're 0 for 2. Loyola, as we talked about on Friday, they were eliminated by the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, the final line, they were eliminated by the Houston Cougars yesterday by a score of 68 to 53. Frank Wright Jr. for Houston didn't, didn't quite dominate for Houston, but he didn't have to. Jamal Shedd um, had 18 points to point guard for Houston. Also, Kyla, uh, Kyla Edwards had 15. But Tajay Moore led the Houston Cougars with 21 points, including 9-16 shooting for the Illini. On the flip side, Coleman Hawkins had three points. He scored the first three points of the game. Didn't hear anything from him since. Luke Goody, who had the two three-pointers, um, uh, coming off the bench for the Illini. He gave them a spark. He had six points for the game. Kofi Coburn, in per which perhaps will be his last game in the fighting Illini uniform, he had 19 points and eight rebounds. My guy, Alfonso Plummer, which was his last game as a fighting Illini, he had eight points. Trent Frazier had eight points off a two of seven shooting. And 
Uh, RJ Melendez, who gave uh, another uh, spark for the alignment off the bench, he had nine points on four or five shooting. Lakina, turnovers, 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 and giving up long offensive rebounds was the story for the final lineup. Those are the two main reasons why they lost yesterday. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of those things. I mean, the Houston will make you pay if you know the all you know defensive rebound, especially you know some of those you know guys from uh from Houston. They were able to kind of like out you know out muscle Kofi Cobra, which you wouldn't think it'd be possible. Carlton was able to kind of maneuver him out mm-hmm. out the way and such. You know those you know some of those big rebounds. And look, like I said, Houston will make you pay. You know, Houston was what twelve or seven, you know, like six for twenty two from three, but they really didn't mm-hmm. need to. And look, their defense really you know really kind of you know shined and. You know, propelled into the, that victory, and look, the plumber. I, I mean, yeah, you know, he he provided a little bit of a spark, but you know, it, it wasn't enough. You know, Coburn had 19 points, but you know, he did you know, couldn't do enough. You know, he needed help, and he didn't get the help. Hawkins, you know, there was some you know some of the other things that you know people. I know our buddy Sean, you know, Davis, who you know we know is an Illinois fan. We got to get him back on the show at some point. Yeah, I know he said that you know maybe we should start having a conversation about you know Brad Underwood. I mean, look, he's getting a couple of guys from, you know, from the, uh, from the city, you know, they're going down there, I 57 to Illinois and play there next year. So I would say maybe let's wait a couple of years before we get to that. But, you know, I don't want to go too much into Illinois because, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, once again, for, I feel like the, the fourth straight time they're determined, they didn't make the second week. And I think that's another like issue that needs to be brought up. And, and like I said before, I mean, Houston, look, you give Houston credit. I mean, they lost two of their like top guys early in the season, but they were able to kind of, you know, kind of get it together. You know, they have a pretty good, you know, depth on their team. They came back, you know, won the American, you know, both the regular season and mm-hmm. the conference uh, title. So they, they're, 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 and they went to the final four last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's sort of, you know, the thing that kind of show there. And also too, with Illinois, I mean, look, you know, Cobra is gone. We'll see if Cabello, I know Cabello got a lot of hate on Twitter for some of the things, you know, that, that he said, you know, some of his comments after the game and those, some other things that were happening. I know uh, Plummer, you look, Frazier, look, Frazier did what he could, you know, he tried to give him a spark, but it wasn't enough there either. So it, it feels like, you know, there's this, you know, here in you know in Illinois, I, I feel like the, the Big Ten as a whole, for the most part, you know, it didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of those things where you kind of have to, you know, that that's sort of another thing. But uh, yeah, look, give look, give you some credit. I mean, look, they they force you know Illinois to make you know really tough shots, try to take really tough shots, and it's another you know look, and they made them pay. Yeah, a, a couple of all the notes from the Illini from yesterday's game. Uh, I think Dan Bonner, uh, uh, who was on the call with Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller yesterday for CBS, I thought he made a good point. Uh, once in, uh, Illinois uh, delivered the ball into the post for Kobe Coburn, you, you notice that he was double or triple team. You got to get in the way of the Houston defenders. You got to get in the sight of Coburn to, and for Coburn to throw out the ball sooner than he did because if you notice – um, when Illinois didn't move, uh, when the other guys didn't move around, uh, they stood around to, to see what Kofi Coburn was going to do once he got the ball in the post. Mm-hmm. Once that happened, Houston was double and triple teaming him, yep. and, and Illinois turned the ball over, and Houston ran the other way. If you notice, in the first few minutes of that game, I said, Houston wants to run early. They want to run early. You saw they did that, even though both teams struggled shooting-wise to start the game. But once Houston's defense was set uh, – Kobe Coburn was ineffective now when Illinois started to run a little bit when they got back in the game late in that first half the, mm-hmm. they were on their fast break they got the ball into Kobe's sweet spot and you know he started dunking the ball he started laying it up he started drawing fouls he, he actually had a better performance at the free throw line unlike he did against Tennessee Chattanooga on Friday and so uh, Illinois has some success there but I noticed that the Illini was standing around too much 
and waiting for Colburn to do something. When that happened, uh, Illinois' de- uh, offense stifled. Now, Luke Goody, as I talked about, uh, Houston was unprepared for him. He came in and gave the Illini a spark toward the end of that first half, delivered on two three-point shots. Of course, Trent Frazier hit a three-point shot to close the gap within four because Houston's biggest lead at the time was at 12. The Illini started to get back in the game the last three, four minutes of that first half. But you thought that the Illini were going to take over. And for a while, I thought, well, Houston, you could tell Houston, especially in that first half, couldn't put the Illini away. Even though the Illini were giving up all these offensive rebounds, they were still in the game. And you saw the same scenario, in a sense, play out in that second half until the last five, six minutes of that game. The Houston was... Even though they had, uh, they almost doubled the uh, the re- uh, offensive rebound total of the Illini. You could tell that Illinois was still in this game. They just couldn't knock down shots. And that dunk by R.J. Melendez, that technical foul that he was allegedly taunting, hanging on the rim, that was a BS call. Uh, well, Reggie said it best. If he would have uh, land, uh, uh, let let go of the rim uh, in one motion, he would busted his head on the court. Yeah, it's, look, it's one of those things where, like, he was trying to protect himself. Yes, that was a BS yeah, call. Yeah, exactly. There have, been, there have been BS calls throughout the tournament, but I don't think that really, liked. you know, that was sort of Oh, no. But that, 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 that play Yeah, the coup is definitely kind of, you know, yeah, sort of where we're kicking it into gear because of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, Illinois had already struggled. You know, we were still struggling, you know, from the field. So, yeah. And, and look, Mendez, to his credit, you know, helped, you know, get the Atlanta kind of, you know, get into a rhythm and such, but it wasn't mm-hmm. enough. Look, I, I mean – I mean, look, I think Illinois just didn't really just have like that, 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 you know, that gut instinct, you know, Houston mm-hmm. played with that tenacity. They played with that killer instinct. The Illinois, the Illinois just didn't have that. And like I said, Frazier struggled, you know, Coburn, you know, could have done more, you know, mm-hmm. Mendez did what he could off the bench, but you know, that whole thing, you know, the technical foul was such, you know, Cabello, you know, was getting a lot of flack. Like I said, he's getting a lot of flack on Twitter from Illinois fans. And it's so that's just silly, but yeah, I, I mean, look, I think Houston, Houston was able to finally kick it into gear. I feel like, and then in close because yeah. look, we got other games to talk about. I don't want to go into, you know, I don't want to talk about the Atlanta the whole thing, but I think look, Illinois, mm-hmm. look, Coburn's you know, graduated because you know the, his eligibility is up. Yeah, and he's well, going to Frazier, the league. Yeah, Frazier's you know Frazier's gone to. Um, we'll see. I mean, look, I know Hawkins is coming back. We'll see if Pl- I think Plummer's coming back as well. And Cabela, we'll see where I know their Twitter, you know, Twitter dumb is, you know, seeing that if, you know, is he going to come back? We'll see. He might, he might just go ahead and just transfer. Who knows? But yeah, they still, you know, Ryder Ryder has a couple of city kids coming. So we'll see what happens. But you got to think that these next two years, I think, you know, it's going to be sort of like, you know, make or break for him in this program. I agree with you more. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in 11 colors. Sid Akina here with you as we discuss the NCAA tournament. Even despite our local teams losing Lakina, there were some other great games that took place over the weekend. Let's start off with with Saturday's games. Let's start off in Portland. Uh, the number one Gonzaga Bulldogs uh, survived a, a big scare from my guy Penny Hardaway in the, in the Memphis Tigers, 82-78. to 78. DeAndre Williams led Memphis with 14.7 re- rebounds, but it was Drew Timmy uh, giving his team uh, a passionate speech at halftime. He came out strong in the second half. He scored 25 points and grabbed 14 rebounds. I feel, yeah, I feel it because they were struggling, so they, they really mm-hmm. need that spark spark for him yeah, there, there might have been some calls that you know that i think that because i got away with i think they were also once again they were kind of led you know let off the hook by a couple of the calls there i think they mm-hmm. you know one of their uh dif- you know top defensive guys from memphis you know he got he fouled out 
uh, with a little bit of time left. So, you know, that I think that might have, I don't want to say that changed the game, but I, think, I feel like, you know, Penny Hardaway should have, you know, called some timeouts at that point, you know, especially once it got down to like, like a five or six that he should, you know, came in and that's where the experience comes in. But, you know, look, it, you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, like Memphis was playing with house money. Look, I still don't trust Gonzaga coming out that West, that West region, you know, that, that West region is the only region we'll talk about it in a little bit that, you know, mm-hmm. still kind of, it was all, it was chalky. It kind of stayed intact for the most part. You know, there were a couple upsets there, but even still, I mean, Gonzaga, I mean, you know, there's seven, you know, straight 316, you know, that's tied with Duke for the mm-hmm. most, you know, back in the eighties when Duke did it, you know, Duke, Duke and also to North Carolina when they did it, like, you know, when Dean Smith was there, but you know, okay. You're the number one overall seed. You haven't played like it. You know, be honest, you know, Chad mm-hmm. Holgren, you know, kicked in, you know, with some, I think he had like 16 points in the second half, but yeah. okay. You know, whatever, keep going. And also, too, like you said, Memphis uh, stars were in foul trouble, especially Jalen Durant. Uh, uh, they, they just couldn't get it going. I know they led by double digits uh, at halftime, but they just couldn't get it going because of foul trouble. And Gonzaga, was, they were making their shots down the stretch. In the Midwest region, number one Kansas survives uh, the Creighton Blue Jays, 79-72. Arthur Kamula for Creighton had 24 points, 12 rebounds. Ruby Martin, not the rapper nor the drink, had 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, they really need it because you know I think look that was a little bit too close to my like are they craigging the old deal their three point shots mm-hmm. you know they you know they definitely helped that kept them in it but you know again you know that you know they're big on the outside I think one of their I think one of their like their big guys got out for Creighton so I think that you know that kind of you know got into and they kicked it into gear you know the last couple of minutes sort of you know put them away and look I think Kansas I think is the you know class that Midwest region they have a tough go at it too but again we'll get to that in a second but. You know, look, a nice showing by uh by uh Kansas, you know, Kansas and look Bill self was going back to the sweet sixteen once again. Uh in the first game that was played on Saturday in the East region, this was a classic game, and I watched the majority of this one. Uh number eight, North Carolina upsets number one Baylor, the defending national champions, ninety-three to eighty-six in overtime. RJ Davis for the Tar Heels led all scores with thirty points, five rebounds, six assists, and Flager for Baylor. Had 27 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Adam Flager had 27 points, three assists, and three rebounds and two assists. Yeah. Uh, Baylor had a 25 point lead. Uh, North Carolina rather had a 25 point lead at one point. Baylor fought all the way back to force overtime, but Carolina took over in overtime. Yeah, uh, you thought that that was just a strange game. That game took like three hours, which is yeah. Have, <laughs> like it never should. It never should have gotten to that point where I like, think your Baylor was able to come back. I think Brady Malik. You know, who you know who I, I I think I think it was kind of a borderline flagrant, so I, I he kind of deserved to get tossed. But RJ Davis, you know the the rest of them, you know he had thirty points. First, you know North Carolina player to do that against number one. So you got to go way back to Al Wood in nineteen eighty one in the in the semis against Virginia. But you know this is sort of one of those things where you think if you're it, it took you know they had the reviews, and then once you thought that maybe Baylor did tie it, and then once it got into overtime, you know Baylor, you know you thought that maybe Baylor would probably kind of you know take over and you know but they couldn't hit their shots you had that they were starting to force things it might have been they might have been exhausted from having to come back from 25 town and north carolina yeah. to their to their credit they were able to pull it off and look it's sort of north carolina is one of those teams this season where they could be really really good but you could also you know wonder like you know what are they doing you know they look like you know and here's the weird part about it is that these aren't even uh hubert davis's guys i mean what's he he's got a pretty decent recruiting class coming in too and once those guys you gotta think that no one really expected North Carolina to get this far. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, they're, they're playing with house money at this point, they, you know, they, they took down a one seed RJ Davis, who was all ACC had, you know, 30 points leading the way for them. 
And look, there were some, you know, got there, there was a guy, you know, Baco had 15. You know, I think he kicked in some points in overtime. So it was definitely a, a team win for North Carolina. And this is probably, probably, you know, well, off to a really good start in that era, too, with Hubert Davis. Yes, yeah, as, as we said on the last couple of shows, Hubert Davis, what they do this year is a bonus. I believe they'll have a better team uh, next year. So what they do right now, as you said, they are playing with house money. Continuing with the game review of our with the games from Saturday um, in the East Region, number four UCLA, they uh, they had no problems uh, beating St. Mary's seventy two fifty six. Jules Bernard led UCLA with 14 points, five rebounds, four assists. Logan Johnson for St. Mary's had 18 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Yeah, this is sort of one of those games where I think this is only like the, the third meet between these two, so you would think that they're, they're not that far away from each other, but they're kind of like yeah. a different part of California. But, you know, St. Mary's, I mean, they're, they're, they couldn't get their three-pointers going. You know, they're only seven for 21 for three. They really depend on three-point a lot. You know, you know Campbell and you know, the others. Juzang and Jacquez Jr. Mm-hmm. and all of them, they were kind of, you know, they kind of, once they kind of took over, especially, they didn't really, they only, they didn't really shot nine, you know, attempted nine threes, but they really didn't need to because, you know, up front, they were mm-hmm. able to kind of, you know, propel them and kind of like, you know, sort of a nice sort of, you know, counteract with the bigs at St. Mary's. And they had like, like two, like six, 11 guys. I think one of them was a seven footer. So the fact that they were able to kind of keep them sort of at bay. And like I said, they, they struggled from three St. Mary's did. So that's why UCLA was able to kind of take over in the, uh, in the second half and was able to kind of, you know, you know, pull away from them. Couple more games to review from Saturday's action before we break for the bottom of the hour. In the Midwest region, number four, Providence, they dominated number 12, Richwood, Richmond. The Providence of uh, the the, Flyer, the Friars dominated the Spiders by the score of 79 to 51. Uh, Nathan Coyote led Richmond with 18 points, five rebounds. And for Providence, Noah Hochschler had 16 points, 14 rebounds, and an assist. First time since I believe 05 was Providence. You know, went to got all the way to the Sweet 16. You know, God Sham God, you know, was uh was a star on that team. And Pete Gillen, who just, age. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, and Pete Gillen, who you know, despite what Rex Chapman said, is still very much with us. He'll he'll tell you that. That was that, was, that whole thing was weird, but uh yeah, so Providence, you know, dominated from start to finish. And look, Al Skinner grew up in Providence. Uh, I mean, uh, Ed Cooley, I should say, grew up in Providence. Al Skinner actually gave him the opportunity when they were at you know Boston College together. When he was the head coach there, you know, Coach Cooley grew up there. Mm-hmm. You know, went to, you know, grew up in Providence. You know, didn't go there, but you know, he stayed. We were very in close contact, and you know, the fact that he's able to come back, you know, he had his dream job there, and it was a, always been a big fan of the program. The fact that they were able to come back, look, they look, you know, Horkler had like 16 points leading the way for Providence, and look, I, I, I feel like, like, could they perhaps maybe get away? Look, that, look, that East reach, <laughs> that, that Midwest reach is real pretty tough. They got to play Kansas in the next round, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that should be, you know, that'll be, that should be an interesting matchup. In the West region, number four, Arkansas, they get by uh, the New Mexico state 53 to 48 for Arkansas. Jalen Williams had 15 points, 15 rebounds, I should say 10 points, mm-hmm. three assists. And for for New Mexico State, Johnny McCann, 16 points, 12 rebounds. Give credit to Eric Musselman, the head coach. Arkansas, um, they made their free throws at the end to pull this one away, but they were in a tough fight throughout the whole game. Yeah, two, 22 for 25, and that's what really kind of helped uh, Arkansas there because that game was really close, but unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. Teddy Allen, you know, he couldn't get you know get it going for the Aggies. You know, they, they struggled. Yeah, he really struggled. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the whole team did. So that's why. But the fact that you know, Arkansas was having trouble pulling this game away, that's probably why they were able to kind of – the Aggies were kind of still in it, you know, technically, even though it didn't look like they were. So, But their, their defense, you know, the Razorbacks defense and 
look, I, I think, look, Eric also might give him credit. I mean, he kind of you know, definitely got to that point where, look, their defense, you know, they didn't have their best shooting night, but they were able to kind of propel and they were able to go back to the Swedish team for a second straight year. In the last game on the Saturday slate, uh, America, meet your new Cinderella out of the East region, number 15, St. Peter's Peacocks. They defeated Murray State by the score of 70 to 60 in uh, in regulation. Your top performers from this game for Murray State, Justice Hill uh, brought the wood. He had 19 points, two rebounds, and four assists. For Murray State, Casey Nefedo had 17 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. Lakina, uh, St. Mary's, this is not St. Mary's, um, St. Peter's, well, uh, they're a very good defensive team. I had a chance to watch the last few minutes of this game. That team is a very good defensive team. They didn't rest on their morals uh, in their last from their last game being Kentucky. You could tell, uh, I love their head coach. Uh, he, uh, you could tell that his guys were focused. Then it just, just going with the mindset, oh, we beat Kentucky, so we did all we, did all we could, and let, let's just uh, screw around and let's just be content. No. This team is focused. This team plays fundamental basketball. They play strong defense, and that's the reason why they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah, uh, Sheen Holloway, who we'll get to that then after the break because he may not be there for very long. I'm just saying. But uh, look, they're the third. <laughs> you know, they're the third of uh, you know 15 seed to go to the Sweet 16, joining you know Florida Gulf Coast in 2013 and uh, Oral Roberts, who did it last year. And look, <laughs> you know, Murray State just you know they're one of the top scoring teams in the country. They couldn't get it going. And look, the def- you know, defense played a part of it too. You know, that, that Peacock's defense. So it's definitely, you know, one of those days where I think, you know, look, St. Pete's is playing with house money. That East region is like totally wide open. Kentucky's gone, Baylor's gone. So we'll go get to who's the number one, who's the top, you know, seed in that region and after the break. But it's definitely one of those days where you kind of like, look, if you're look, if you're St. Pete's, you know, I don't think we should take them very lightly. More from the NCAA tournament action from the weekend. We'll review Sunday's games, including the matchup between Tom Izzo and Coach K for perhaps the last time. And we'll also get into our Chicago Bulls Toronto Raptors preview for tonight's game down going down at the United Center. I'm Sydney Brown. That's Lakina McGee. You're listening to Sports on Chicago. You're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color. Stay tuned. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tomorrow night, the Bulls back home. They'll host the Cavaliers. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off at United Center. Chicago snapped a five-game losing skid with a 114-108 win at Detroit on Wednesday. The Bulls are fourth in the Eastern Conference, three and a half games out of first behind the Sixers, Bucks, and the Heat. The Cavaliers have won two straight. They're sixth in the East, five games out of first. NHL Thursday, the Blackhawks fell 4-3 at Boston. Brandon Hagel had a pair of goals for Chicago. Alex Debrinkit with a goal and an assist. Kevin Lankinen made 32 saves. The Blackhawks at Ottawa tomorrow night. The LA Chargers have agreed to acquire defensive end Khalil Mack from the Bears in exchange for a pair of draft picks. The Chargers are expected to send a second-round pick this year and a 2023 sixth-round selection to the Bears for the three-time All-Pro defender. For Lightning Fast Sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
Okay, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're not shopping spring essentials at Kohl's, you're missing out. I just got 20% off the cutest outfit from Sonoma Goods for Life, 25% off Hurley, which my son loves, and 25% off Champion and Adidas. Did I mention I also got an extra 15% off and earned Kohl's cash? Here's to longer days and more time to save. Flex Styles, 15% offer ends March 20th. Hurley, Champion, Adidas, coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z530M Z-Track mower. Jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. You're riding around, it's like going on a go-kart. And for Rodney, he uses his John Deere X350 lawn tractor to turn his yard into... My happy place. It's a great place to do Tai Chi. I work on my mind, body, and well-being. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. As you're listening to Sports Zone Chicago, let's get back to the action, Lakina, with reviewing uh, the games from the March Madness tournament from over the weekend. Let's go to the games that took place yesterday on the Sunday slate. And perhaps the game of the day, uh, perhaps a little controversy at the end of regulation. But in the South region, it was number one, Arizona, surviving number nine, TCU, 85-80 to 80 for TCU. Their, their leading player was Eddie Lampkin. He had 20 points, 42 rebounds, and two, and two blocks. And for Arizona, he had Christian Cololoco. He had 28 points, 12 rebounds, and two assists. Yeah, uh, that that was definitely the game of the tournament so far. I feel like because mm-hmm. that that you know that game you know, went down to the wire. There was a game of runs. Mm-hmm. You know, Arizona was up big, and then you know TCU was up big. Then it got tied, mm-hmm. and you know then all that reversed. It could, yeah, you could definitely say that the end of that in that regulation. I don't know who that was from TCU. I think he got yeah. I think uh, Benedict you know, Mathurin, mm-hmm. who you know for those you know he's a Pac-12 uh, Player of the Year in men's hoops. You know, I think I don't know if it was him or Coloco. I think he you know, one of them bumped him, and I guess. You know, TCU fans were sort of you know, saying that that should have been you know called a, a foul and 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 such. You know, that then you know, they, they thought they made the uh, they thought they made the layup. You know, it turns out that wasn't the case. So it was just you know, the whole thing was just crazy. But uh, so look, I think look, TCU will be back next year. They got a lot of those guys are coming mm-hmm. back. That you know, I know Jamie this has got a lot of you know good recruits coming in. So look, they were playing with house money. So the fact that if they had you know upset Arizona, that would have been just gravy for them. But you know, Charles O'Banion Jr., who, you know, let's just show our age, folks. You know, they, they, he's, they call him Chuck for short. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had 23 lead the way there. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Love Kid, like I said, Love Kid had 20 and the 14 boards. You know, Mason you know, definitely kept them. And it's, you know, I think, you know, TCU kind of ran out of gas. And Arizona, you know, kind of showed you why they're one of the top teams in the third and had 30 points. So, Coloco had 20. I think he was all Pac-12. So yeah, they're they're showing you why that their defense was stifling late. So they showed you why they're one of the number one season. Look, Arizona's playing with house money too. A lot of people thought that they were going to finish in the middle of the road in the Pac-12. So the fact that they're they're number one seed, you know, they won the Pac-12 tournament. I think you know mm-hmm. they're showing you why. And Mathura is showing you is showing you why that he's one of the best players in the country. In the South region, number two Villanova had no problems with number seven Ohio State. They they beat the Buckeyes seventy one to sixty one. Uh, Malachi Branham had twenty three points, two rebounds, and four assists for for Ohio State. And it was uh, Jermaine Samuels who was the man of the album for the Villanova Wildcats seventeen points, eight rebounds, and two steals. 
Uh, Villanova, you know, Ohio State didn't make it interesting. I think it, it did, I think it did, I got down to like three points, I think, with about like six minutes left. But of course, you know, it, experience, mm-hmm. experience, you know, Gillespie and, you know, those guys, all those guys at Villanova who have, you know, championship experience, you know, and, you know, tournament experience. I think that, that kind of kicked in with them and they were able to kind of, you know, pull off, you know, away from Ohio State. I mean, that could be, look, that, that Midwest reach, like I said, four is really good, you know, Group is a you know, really solid region. So I'm mean, the South region. I said I should say so. It's definitely like you know another one. We'll get to one of the the team they'll be playing against in a second. But you know it was a nice showing by Villanova. And I guess what experience definitely you know kind of ruled the day there. In the Midwest region, number ten Miami pulls off a big upset, defeating number two Auburn at Chinas Bruce Pearl, seventy nine to sixty one. For, for my, the University of Miami, Cameron McCussey uh, led the team with twenty points, six rebounds, and four assists. Jabari Smith for Auburn, ten points, fifteen rebounds, and four assists. You know, Jim Lurinig is going back to the Sweet 16 with a double-digit seed. I mean, he he'll, he's like this, I think he's the first coach to do that. Of course, he did that with George Mason years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isaiah Wong, who, you know, became the first player in Miami history to have 20-plus points in each, each of his first, you know, two career uh, tournament games. So a nice, you know, record there. And also, too, look, remember Charlie Moore, you know, he's coming back here to Chicago. He had 15 points mm-hmm. and nine boards and eight assists. So he nearly had a triple-double double there. And look, they dominated uh, Auburn from the world from the word go. I mean, Auburn mm-hmm. just couldn't, you know, their shots, they couldn't get their shot. Their shot selection wasn't very good. They were five for 26 from three, so that they just couldn't get it together. And I love Jim Laranega's uh, comments uh, later in the, uh, in the game because, you know, at the presser, he said that uh, apparently Charles Barkley, I didn't see this, but apparently Char- and they showed the video proof. Charles Barkley apparently said that, uh, of course, he's an Auburn grad, so that if, if Auburn wins, he would take off his shirt. And uh, Coach Larinaga said, uh, you know, that, I don't think anybody wants to – I don't want to say I know people don't want to say it. So he told his guys. So, you know, maybe maybe that motivated them. I don't know. But uh, whatever works. But, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> look, Miami, look, Miami last year, I mean, look, they only had like six you know, healthy players last year because of injuries and COVID yeah. issues and such. So the fact that they were to come back, you know, a lot of those guys are back. You know, Charlie Moore has been around forever, it seems. And, Look, they were able to come back. You know, I don't think anybody thought that this Miami team, especially because they had a couple of weird losses like early in the year, mm-hmm. and they're now in the Sweet 16. I think, look, should be a testament to who the, you know, the coaches and the talent is around of Wong and Moore. I mean, they're kind of like sort of like the lead guys. So, you know, good for good for Miami and for Coach Larinaga. And we told you guys during our previous show with Andy Mason from WGN Radio in Chicago that Miami was picked to finish almost dead last in the in the ACC. Um, they have 25 wins so far this year, uh, including the two wins in the tournament. I had them win their first game, but uh, this game I did not have them winning. But we told you guys they were a good defensive team. They beat USC uh, mm-hmm. uh, on Friday, and, and they upset Auburn yesterday. So I'm not saying they're going to the, the, the Elite Eight, but I wouldn't put it past them. Defense yeah, will take you a long way. Yeah, their defense they, they definitely stifled that tiger offense. You know, this is a tiger offense that usually scores about like 78, 80 points a game. Mm-hmm. The fact that they you know they kept them under that, they kept it only a 61. I think it's a testament to that defense. And speaking of Chicago, uh, Coach K and Coach Mike Krzyzewski's career continues as uh, number two Duke defeated number seven Michigan State and Tom Izzo's crew 85 to 76 in the West region. Um, Mar- Marcus Bingham Jr. for Michigan State had 16 points, 10 rebounds, and two uh, two steals. And Mark Williams for Duke had 15 points, eight rebounds, and two, and two steals. But Keenan, where is my guy Tyson Walker? 
Yeah, I know. I know he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he scored 13 off the bench, but it wasn't enough. Uh, I know he, you're, you're really high on, on Mr. Walker mm. there, but he actually did help you know, lead that comeback for uh, Michigan State. And actually, they actually uh, were up by five for about like six minutes, you know, about six minutes left. But, mm-hmm. you know, you had, you know, Moore Jr., you had Pacero, you had Williams and Roach, you know, four, you know, four guys, you know, 50 plus, 15 plus points. Also, shout out to Coach K. He becomes the first coach to reach 1,200 wins his career so another another accomplishment there and, and look I, I think they realize and, and look you know coach k even said this uh, is interview with tracy wilson after the game he said look it wasn't something i did i mean i think that i think they realize that if they want to keep this run going and keep his you know farewell tour if you will going mm-hmm. they had to get a kid to care and that's exactly what they did so look i think duke Look, I think Duke is look. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win the tournament and they also in the farewell you know season or whatever because it, it's happened a couple of times. But I'm, I'm look, I think Duke is kind of like saying, you know what? If look, we might as well just because there were questions about them, you know, if what happened in the ACC tournament, you know, final against Vermont Tech and all the other things that happened. But you know, I, mm-hmm. I think they the, the experience is starting to kind of show a little bit, you know, with Duke. So you know, look, a lot of these guys want to go out with a championship. So we'll see what happens in that West region. In the East region, number three, Purdue survives number six, Texas, beating the Longhorns 81-71 to for, te- for Texas. Marcus Carr led them with 23.7 rebounds. And for the Purdue Boilermakers, Trevion Williams had 22.7 rebounds and two assists. Yes, he did off the bench, too. I think he was the you know, sixth man of the year in the Big Ten, I believe, Mr. Williams was. And, look, Jaden Ivey you know, hit some clutch threes. You know, if you know his, his mom, Riel Ivey, who's now the coach of Notre Dame, who played Notre Dame, you know, she's done that, mm-hmm. she did that a couple of times too when she was in college. But, you know, that, that's a little bit of the genes there. But, uh, yeah, well, this is another back-and-forth game. I know, you know, Purdue was up big, then Texas came back, and then, you know, Texas was up big for a little bit, then Purdue was able to come back. And it was just a crazy it was just a crazy game, you know, from start to finish. So this is probably another one that's right up there with Arizona and TCU. But look, Purdue's size, I think that's what you really kind of propelled them. You know, the you know, the you know, Stavanovich up front. I mean, he kind of you know kept you know the Texas guys were kind of you know, getting in the you know offensive rebound. So I think that's what really helped them. Back to the rest region, number three, Texas Tech defeated Notre Dame by the score of fifty nine to fifty three. Uh, uh, Dane Goodwin, I should say, had fourteen points, eight rebounds, and Kevin for for the Fighting Irish and Kevin Albanar for the Texas Tech Red Raiders had fifteen points, fifteen rebounds. Yeah, I know there was a call. I think near the end of that game, I, I think you know, I, I don't know which I don't know which Tech guy it was, but I think you know, Notre Dame has feel like that should have been a foul. I think it probably should have been because because mm-hmm. Notre Dame was right there. I mean, you'll give Mike Bray and his guys credit. They should get you know some people thought that maybe they were going to get run out of the gym, but you know, look, that's sort of a defense that they're used to playing. So I, I feel like maybe that you know, they could have had a shot. It had they had a shot, but look, I mean, Tech. Look, I'm not going to say that. What's I I don't I don't uh, our buddy Jordan Bournefield you know, was very high on Tech you know coming into the tournament yeah we'll see if they can you know keep it up against Duke but look Duke's gonna have some time to prep for that uh, that defense and I think you know a couple of I think Virginia runs a very similar style of defense so they might have a shot you know Duke does kind of slow them down but look their three pointers definitely saved them with the the Red Raiders I should say so. Yeah, real quick, let's give Coach Mike Bray credit. Notre Dame's not really been known for uh, as a basketball school. They're forever always be known as a football school. But they've been having some good teams over the last 20, 25, 25, perhaps 30 years or so. And with Mike Bray at the helm, he's turned out some some decent pros. They finished the year 24 and 11. I know many people didn't expect them to do 
uh, much this year. They struggled out of the gate to start the season. But um, shout out to the Fighting Irish. I, I, this is the basketball team I'm giving credit to, not the damn football team, but the basketball mm-hmm. team's I right with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, I've always had a soft spot for no name who's team from Digger to yeah, John McLeod, God rest his soul, to now Mike, you know, Mike Bray. So he's done a really good job with that program. And I'm glad that, you know, he, because there was some talk that maybe perhaps maybe he should be, you know, given the door. The last you know last couple of years. Hopefully this will save his job and I'll temper that talk for a little bit. Exactly. In our last game from yesterday, uh number three, Wisconsin. <laughs> Andy Mazer <laughs> in the Midwest region. They were upset by number eleven, Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Iowa State defeated the Badgers by the score of 54 to 49 for ISU. Uh Gabe Kalisher had 22 points, four rebounds and assists. And for the Badgers, your guy, Johnny, Johnny Davis. Has 17 points and nine rebounds. I don't think anybody saw this this coming. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody did. TJ Olselberger, who was the second year there, they only won two games last year. Iowa State did. You know, he's a you know, Iowa State grad and, and whatnot. So it's definitely one of those things. He played for the team and you know, with Tim, you know, under Tim Floyd. So you know, he knows the tradition and such. The fact that they were able to mm-hmm. able to come back. You know, they had a had a nice run earlier this year. I think they were like undefeated, like they're like fifteen and one. But then you know, once Big Twelve play starts to kind of struggle a little bit, but they got better. Mm-hmm. And look, they were able to you know slow down with you know, LSU and all their issues in Wisconsin. Look, if you're two for twenty two from three, you had seventeen turnovers. You're not going to win a lot of games here in Wisconsin. So I know uh, Hepburn got hurt. I think that. That that might have changed the game a little bit, but I I feel like they were already struggling even before he got hurt. So I, I think you know for people to say that I know Wisconsin has like you know kind of harp mm-hmm. on that, but they were already struggling even before then. So but the game, let's give Ohio Iowa State I should say some credit. Mm-hmm. They got a really good team. You know Brockington, you know, can shoot the you know, from the outs, you know, can shoot the you know, from the inside. You know Cal, I think was all like second team All Big Twelve. He can mm-hmm. shoot you. Know, he's def- he's a force on the inside. So. I'm not surprised that Iowa State's been able to get this far, and they got a really good recruit. Oldenburg's got a good recruit recruiting class coming in next year again. So that Big Twelve next year is going to be really good. You know, once we get into that, but you know, let's give let's give Iowa State to us the Cyclones some props. Yes, and uh, shout out to our uh, good friend Vernon Fairley. Uh, you can go to Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Old Chicago Man. on YouTube, typing your questions and comments in the comment section. Here's where Vernon says: From here on out, the, that University of Champaign would be considered the lie, L I E N I, until the they win the NCAA tournament. That, that's a, that's a good comment uh, there, Vernon. Uh, I always felt this way uh, throughout their whole history. May. May uh, his soul rest in peace in, in the late Lou Henson, but uh, Lon Kruger, Bruce mm-hmm. Weber, Bill, uh, Self. Bill, Se- Bill Self before him, mm-hmm. uh, um, John Groshi now with um, with the team that just lost. Toledo. I forgot where he's coaching now. Toledo, thank you, Akron, Akron, thank you, thank you, Akron, and of course now Brett Underwood. You have second tier, second tier coaches coaching uh, that that program. It was the program uh, to go to back in the day when we were kids mm-hmm. and we were born, Lakina. Now it's, it's a stepping stone of uh, uh, for many coaches. And uh, hopefully that Brad Underwood can turn around. If he doesn't do too well, as you said, in the next couple of years, he may be out the door as well. But we'll uh, but then again, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I get it. I know Vernon and I'm sure others feel the same way <laughs> that he does. I mean, I, I look, I think people need to kind of just you know give it Give it a little bit of time. Look, this is not like, like the old five uh, Illinois team. 
you know, I know people want to harp on that since, you know, they had a 90 team. Now they got the old five team. But, mm-hmm. but look, again, we'll see. Look, he's got a good recruit. I'm talking about Brian Underwood. He's got a good recruiting class coming in. So, I mean, I think, you know, give him maybe a couple of years. Look, I, I've been telling people that, look, he can recruit and he's done just that. So let, let's see if mm-hmm. they can produce. Is it coaching? Is it the fact that players are, you know, disciplined and all that stuff? Who knows? But it, it, I think, you know, but give it a couple of years. If he's still, you know, if they're still struggling, if they still kick it out of the, out of the first weekend of the tournament, then you can kind of say all you want. You, know, you want to you know, have him fire, go ahead. But, you know, but let's let, let's kind of you know, give it a couple more years before we start doing that. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, uh, let's close out the first hour and, and get into our NBA talk. We'll talk about the rest of the league, kick it off hour number two. But let's start off with the Chicago Bulls. Losers are eight of their last 10 games. They are 41 and 29. They are take on the Raptors tonight at the United Center at 7 o'clock. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago. And you can watch that game via NBA League Pass uh, nationwide. Lakina, the Bulls, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am worried about them okay i'm not worried about them as much as bulls twitter are i know you own bulls Twitter way more than i am way too much for me (laughs) but but i'm starting to get to the point that i'm not going to sit there and say that they quit because i i don't see that but you have mike singletary you saw on on the bulls twitter feed yesterday he talked to the team uh, the Mm -hmm. former chicago bear and the pro football Mm -hmm. hall of famer and I, I, I'm sure that was a, a, they came from head coach Billy, Billy Donovan. But I'm not going to sit here and say that this team has quit because uh, that, that's not fair and that's not a true statement. But I kind of think that they're going through, the, going through the motions, waiting for the regular season to get over with. You haven't clinched anything yet. As I mentioned in the last few shows, DeMar DeRozan, who's the number one star on this team, he's played just about every game. Uh, um, outside of the COVID issues they suffered in uh, late December. Uh, I think it's more fatigue than anything else. I know that Patrick Williams is going to come back tonight uh, against the Raptors. Lonzo Ball has has had a setback. Hopefully he'll be, be back in line in time for the playoffs. But Lakina, I just sense more fatigue. And more than most- conference. What was that? That was weird. <laughs> Sorry about that, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Live, folks. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I feel the same way about that. I know some Bulls fans are kind of freaked out by the fact that, oh my God, yo, they they might miss the playoffs, which they could, and they look mathematically, yes, they got about like 12 games left. Could they still perhaps may miss the playoffs? Sure. But look, if you do your job, you finish at 500, or if you get like seven and five or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. you can't really, do, you know, you can't really like worry about what the other teams are going to do because that's just, you know, that you mm-hmm. can't control that. But like I said, but like I said before, I mean, now that P Will's coming back, you gotta get into a rhythm. We'll see if mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball can come back. I mean, there's some he has a kind of a setback too. Like I think it's more fatigue. I mean, look, DeMar DeRozan is sort of like showing you that he's you know, he's 32 and you know, he's kind of struggled a little bit. And look, everything else that's been going on. I, and look, I feel like people need to kind of just you know step back and chill for a second. Cause I, I think people mm-hmm. don't understand, you know, don't get how big the season is. 82 games is a very long season, especially even mm-hmm. if it's spread out the way it is, like six months. That's still a long time. You're traveling and such. You've got to play back to backs. So look, they got a big one tonight against Toronto. They're only like a game and a half up, you know, they are of Toronto. So you don't, if you want to keep yourselves, you know, from that, from that fifth seed, you know, on down, because it gets really weird and gets really like, you know, jammed up. Let's get to, you know, let's get to like, you know, where the Bulls are and look, just let's finish strong. I think that's the thing that with, you mm-hmm. know, the Bulls, 
should be doing. You know, just finish strong, take it one day, one game at a time. But you get the Raptors coming off a very emotional win against the Sixers last night. So you I watched the entire the- game. And then- we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll recap. We'll, 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 yeah. recap, we'll recap that game in this in, a, in, a, in the next seven and after mm-hmm. the next break. But yeah, they you know they, they might be emotionally spent. I know they've been playing well lately. Then they got Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Then they got the Pelicans, Cleveland, New- and uh, the Knicks. This is because you know the tournament they're playing the regionals here in Chicago at the UC, so that's why they have this five straight mm-hmm. road games, six straight road games, I should say. If you can go three and two, it is five. If you go three and two, I mean, you play Washington as well. Washington's kind of been up and down too. They pulled off a big upset. Uh, over the weekend, if you can go like maybe what four and one ideally, mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. You can you get the Clippers and Miami and Milwaukee. So yeah, so there, there's still opportunity for wins, folks. So let's for people who are freaking out about oh no, oh my god, you know, look the sky is falling. Chill, sit, you know, relax, <laughs> see how everybody gets into a rhythm, and then hopefully you can get into a rhythm in these next few weeks. Yeah, you mentioned with the schedule coming up this week, is no reason why the Bulls should take at least two out of the, uh, out of the three games uh, uh, this week. You mentioned tonight tomorrow. Tonight, Toronto, tomorrow at Milwaukee, and then of course at New Orleans on Thursday. It should take at least two of these games. How weird is it? How weird would it be, Lakina? Let's just say they they take care of business, which I think they will tonight against Toronto. Mm-hmm. They'll beat Milwaukee tomorrow, and then lose at New Orleans on Thursday. Weird things that have happened be, in the NBA, would, especially at this time of year. <laughs> that that's how look weird things happen this time of year. You're getting yeah. out so wired, so yeah. So would it surprise me if that were the case this week? Sure. I mean, look, could they mm-hmm. lose to the Pelicans? I didn't know the Pelicans could be up and down too. They've given them some problems this year, but. But yeah, sure. I'd be. I would be surprised if they beat the, if they beat the Milwaukee tomorrow. That would be if they win to, against you know Toronto tonight. Then they you know, go to Milwaukee. Yeah, then win tomorrow. Sure, that would that look. Sure, hey, why not? You know they they, they lose to the Pelicans on, on Thursday. Yeah, look, sure. I mean, crazy things have happened in this in the schedule in this NBA. So yeah, look, I, I think people need to remember. Look, if they can, like I said before, in these next twelve games. Just make the I would say just make sure if you can go six and six, seven and five, eight and four. If you don't, you know, finish below that. Like I said, you can't mm-hmm. you can't worry about the other teams and what they're doing. I know Celtics have been doing a lot of stuff. I don't think they're gonna be able to keep it up. Let you know, let's just keep take it one game at a time. And then look, let's just hope that maybe DeRozan can kind of you know, get into the rhythm again and Vooch as well. I think people are just like, you know, freaking out over. You know, they're like, yeah, oh, ah! no, let's not do that. <laughs> the only thing that I worry about is Lonzo Ball. He, he yeah. has a setback. And uh, uh, like you said, there's only 11 games uh, left, uh, 12, 11 to 12, 12 games left 12. in the 12 yeah. games yeah. left in the regular season. Hopefully he can get back and play at least a couple of those games, maybe three to five games, last three or five games of the regular season to get his timing back because that's what the Bulls are lacking right now. With the uh, with all these injuries, uh, the lack of timing, you got to get the chemistry down. You got to you got to ha- have all your parts rolling, heading towards the playoffs. And we saw what this team is capable of with all their uh, their parts healthy. They were dominating just about everyone that they played. And now people are worried about them not beating the the teams that are above five hundred. I'm not as worried about that, Lakina. Like, yes, we had injuries, we had COVID, just like everybody else. But I'm not as worried about that as uh, many people are maybe on the minority uh, in that camp, but that's, but that's okay. But like you said, looking just take care of business. And, and uh, like I said, I still believe, even though it's still a long shot, I still believe this team can win 50 games to finish the regular season strong, but you still have winnable games on your schedule. Just play with some consistency and, and get back to hard nose bulls basketball. It's, it, it starts with your head coach, Billy Donovan and the players need to um, get clamped, back down defensively because we haven't seen that over the last few weeks. 
And on offense, give DeMar DeRozan some help. Zach Levine, hopefully he can stay healthy with those knees. And you need a third scorer like Kobe White coming off the bench. Nikolai Vucevic has to uh, re-pick it back up again. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key, I feel like. And look, it's going to be one of those things where you just want to just, you know, just make sure you finish strong. Don't try not to go you know, below that four or five window so you can at least host a playoff game, you know, playoff series, I should say. And, and just, you know, just, just go along with it. And look, we'll talk the rest of the NBA in a second. But I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, at this point, you know, this, this season, let, let's just, look, let's just get the, the pieces together. If hopefully maybe, you know, Lonzo can come back. Like, I don't know what the story is. You know, I know he's probably had a setback, but. Well, let, let's sort of you know, get these pieces back into place. I think that's been the problem. They haven't been healthy all season. I think people are, you know, I think they're, you know, people are starting to, you know, defend Demar, and hopefully somebody else can step up as well. Having P. Will back, I think, could definitely help that interior defense, which has been a big struggle for this mm-hmm. team lately. So, look, hopefully we can kind of you know, break the streak against Toronto tonight. And look, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what Boston's doing and such after the break, but. You know, I, I feel like this is sort of one of those things where I think people should just take it one game at a time and not freak out. Bulls fans, what do you think about your basketball team? Are you panicking and ready to pull your hair out, or you're just being patient like we are? We want to uh, hear your comments, hear your thoughts. Just go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, I still believe that Bill- Billy Donovan is doing a good job. I'm sure if you talk to him behind the scenes that he knew this kind of uh, stretch was coming, but um, many people didn't think it was going to, going to be this bad. But uh, the Bulls have been kind of lucky in a sense this year. Are they a good team? Yes. Are they a year or two away of perhaps contending for at all in terms of winning the title? Yes. But as I said at, at the beginning of the season, I still feel this way now. This team was going to win between 48 and 50 games. And, depends on, and it's still imperative, in my opinion, that this team needs home court advantage in that first round. Mm-hmm. You win your first round match, that depends on who it is and everything else. It's gravy after that. Arturis Kanishevis and GM Mark Eversley will have more than enough time this summer to go make that mm-hmm. big move, whether it's yep. training for Patrick, training Patrick Williams and or Kobe White to get that, hopefully that final big piece in here for the Bulls to be truly championship contenders. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that, 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 that those pieces, if he does, if they do trade one or both those guys, both Williams and Kobe White, I feel like maybe you know, they could be right there as a contender for next year. We'll just have to wait and see. But, look, it's going to be very interesting, though, these next few, these big stretches. I mean, hopefully we can finally see the Bulls team that we saw earlier in the season where they were winning, mm-hmm. like, 10 games in a row and such. So, hopefully, maybe this is why I did not want – I did not want the you know, folks, you know, kind of paying attention to the Bulls because I, I feel like, you know, look, I think that they kind of get mentally and physically exhausted. They need to kind of like a little refresh, and hopefully this will help them. This stretch will give them that refresh they need. Hopefully P. Will can be that, you know, the start, the energy starter that the Bulls need and just they can get back mm-hmm. on track. He'll definitely uh, have uh, – the Bulls will definitely have another big body to go along with Vucevic and Tristan Thompson coming off the bench. Yep, absolutely. So we'll just see if, if that happens. So hopefully he'll be he'll provide that spark that spark that the Bulls desperately need. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're gonna talk about the rest of the NBA. LeBron has another milestone, but unfortunately, a mixed weekend for the Lakers. You know, Jason Tatum and uh, the Celtics are still doing their you know big things as well. Also, too, not one but two big trades, including one that just happened. You know, in the last like half hour in the NFL. Also, too, some you know, called Correa's for the destination. And also, too, you know, big sports media, media news that have, you know, dropped down the pike. So, lots to do still in this next hour. Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second City Sports, Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you for hour two. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
On the NBA schedule tonight, the Bulls will try to snap a three-game losing skid when they host Toronto. Chicago's 41-29 overall. They've dropped 8 of 10 and are five and a half games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors come in with wins in 6 of 10. They're two games behind the fifth-place Bulls. Toronto 39-31 this season. In Sunday's NHL action, the Blackhawks fell 6-4 at home against Winnipeg. Chicago has lost two straight. They're winless in three. Winnipeg exploded for four goals in the second period. Chicago opens up a three-game road trip this Wednesday night when they visit Anaheim. NFL free agency, the Bears have signed former Chiefs receiver and kick returner Byron Pringle to a one-year deal. They also re-signed safety DeAndre Houston Carson to a one-year contract and signed former Colts defensive end Al-Kadeen Muhammad to a two-year deal. For Lightning Fast Sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scorpio McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us during our last less than 60 minutes of this extravaganza, you can go to to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Uh, Lakina, let's continue with our NBA talk. We had we had some interesting games over the weekend, but first, LeBron James uh, made history Saturday night in our nation's capital. The Lakers taking on the Washington Wizards. LeBron James uh, is now number two in the NBA's all-time scoring list, passing the great mailman Carmelo. Yeah, he's now only trails Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the, you know, the top score, so we'll see what happens there. But unfortunately, it was all for naught as the Wizards came back and beat the Lakers 127-119. Chris Opperson has had 27 points lead the way for the Wizards. Also, too, LeBron had 38 points, you know, of course, you know, passing that. They had a nice little standing ovation, you know, in, in D.C. You know, during all of that. So they're, they're pretty – look, the Wizards fans are pretty smart, so they, they, they know basketball. Yeah. So they know, they know, like, the history behind that, that, that bug that he had. But unfortunately – now they're in 10th place. They fall in 10th place. They're only two and a half up on the Spurs for that last, you know, playing spot. You know, the Lakers are. So I, I don't know what's this. Yeah, there's nothing really more you can say about. Nothing we can say about the Lakers that we haven't said already for like the last like month or so. 
Yeah. So it, it's just uh, there's nothing re- really else you can really say. Yeah, the, the Lakers had a big win on Friday night uh, at Toronto, one twenty-eight to one twenty-three mm-hmm. in overtime. Russell Westbrook threw up a almost a lucky hail mary three-point shot mm-hmm. to tie it in regulation. Uh, you, you, uh, how many times have we said it all year, Likina? The the Lakers, you think they get a big win? Now uh, you figure that this would be the momentum to start to turn mm-hmm. things around upwards. Uh, it just hasn't happened. So, and we saw that uh, uh, once again this this past weekend. Uh, on their current uh, road trip. Uh, now we'll start in order. We'll go to some of the be- best games from the weekend in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers. We'll get to that game that happened last night in just a moment. It'll affect some of you Bulls fans. But Friday night's game for Philadelphia. Uh, they come from behind to beat the Dallas Mavericks 111 to 101. Yeah, that was a, a nice you know win for for Philly because that had been a back and forth game and you know they were mm-hmm. able to pull away. Joel B had 32 points to lead the way there, you know, for everybody. And and look, I think you know, Luca kind of had to had his struggles from the field. You know, Jalen Brunson had 24 leading the way from the Mavs. And, and look, I think Philly. You know, we'll talk about that other game in a second, like you said, mm-hmm. Sid. But yeah, I mean, look, Philly. Look, they had a nice win. I think it might. You know, I think that sort of showed them that could this be perhaps maybe a, a preview, perhaps maybe for the NBA championship. That's probably still a long ways away. But you know, look, I think you know, B is showing you why he's one of the, the leaders for MVP. And from Friday, the Cleveland Cavaliers get back on track, defeating the Denver Nuggets 119 to 116 in overtime. This was a very exciting game to watch. Cleveland's still right there with Chicago and Boston uh, battling for the fourth, fifth, and sixth spots in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, Cleveland has been that surprise team all year. We've been telling you guys uh, they pulled out another big win on their home court against a powerful Denver Nuggets team. Yeah, uh, Djokovic had, you know, Nikola Djokovic had thir- 32 and 10, but unfortunately it was Laurie Martin that was a big story. He had 31 and 10 rebounds. I'm you know, sure Matt Peck is happy. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if he still has that. I wonder if he still has that, you know, that, you know, that plant-based diet, I think Laurie is. But, uh, you know, that was a nice showing by them. Also, Evan Moley had thir- had 27 points. Darius Garland had 25. So it was really their, their guys, you know, their, their big guys in the interior that definitely helped. You know, the Nuggets, I mean, I guess, you know, losing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just, they, they, they kind of struggled. They had some big shots. I know uh, Jokic had a nice, had a couple of uh, shots. I had to, to tie it. You know, it didn't, you know, come to fruition. But look, I think Cleveland, I think they'll show you why they're still going to be around for a little bit. And a couple of the scores from Friday's action. Atlanta um, keeps their slim playoff hopes alive. Uh, they, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies by 15, 120 to 105. And then the Brooklyn Nets uh, get by the injury riddle Portland Trailblazers at home, 128, 123. Yeah, thought that maybe a little bit more of a blowout there, but you know, but that that's okay. Uh, but look, I think if you know, you know Brooklyn needed that, so I, I think they really needed that win, so to kind of solidify themselves. Of course, you know Kyrie can't play, obviously. You know KD led the way with thirty eight, <laughs> so it's definitely you know one of those days where you'll you'll take the way where you can get it if you're Brooklyn. So it's fine. Going into the rest of the uh, going to the rest of Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> uh, Min- uh, Minnesota, uh, kind of a mild upset. They upset uh, Milwaukee one thirty eight one nineteen. Carl Anthony Towns had twenty five points. Lean the way for the T Wolves, and I, I, I'm sure Milwaukee fans are probably sort of wondering. I know Giannis didn't play, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, to, to for to rest. So you know, I think that's the thing that kind of really helped uh, the T Wolves able to take advantage of that. But look, a total T effort by the T Wolves. I don't think anybody thought that the T Wolves would be you know this good, you know, this quick. I mean, Anthony Edwards kicked in with 25 as well. Um, Cat had you know 11 big rebounds, defensive rebounds, nine defensive rebounds too to kind of you know, you know, propel them and kind of put the the Bucks away. But mm-hmm. look, if you're you, look if you're a T Wolves fan, you'll take the win. 
Yeah, they they uh, chasing down the Utah Jazz and Denver Nuggets for that sixth spot and mm-hmm. to to avoid the playing again. So Denver, they better look out because Minnesota they're coming, they're coming hard. Shout out to Zora Stevenson, their court uh, their Bucks courtside reporter. She mm-hmm. did the play by play for Bally Sports Wisconsin along with our guy Stephen Barr. Hopefully, we can get both of them on the show soon. Yes, we should. They did a really good job. I caught yeah. the caught some of the highlights of that. So that was a really nice show in there by the T Wolves. Um, Dallas controls their their throws continue. They uh, lose to the Hornets, one twenty nine, one hundred eight. Miles Bridges had twenty three points leading the way. Luca had a better game, but unfortunately, Dallas just couldn't get that win against a really mm-hmm. you know scrappy Hornets team. Yeah, in Cleveland uh, had a good weekend. Uh, they ended their weekend two and zero. They defeated Detroit Pistons one thirteen to one hundred nine. As uh, as we said before, uh, Cleveland, Chicago, Toronto, Boston is going to be a log jam in the in the uh, middle of that pack of the Eastern Conference playoff race. Definitely should be a lot of fun there, especially that that bottom part. You know, still fighting for those for that uh, that slot there. Going to yesterday's games. Probably the you know one of the sort of like the main game from yesterday is that Phoenix needed overtime to defeat Sacramento 127, <laughs> 124. But look, the winning percentage, yeah, it happens. Look, the winning percentage still they still like a 72% winning percentage since you know Chris Paul's been out. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not like they haven't, you know, they went down a little bit, but not too much. They're still the number one seed in the West, got the best record of the NBA still. They're kind of like putting the distance between themselves and some of the teams in the West. They'll probably end up with the number one seed, very likely. Unless they, you know, totally collapse, which they, I don't, they, they shouldn't. But look, this is what your team's supposed to do. You, you go look. You, you're down against a really a uh, less, uh, less superior team, and look, you come, you find a way to come back and win. Yeah, let's be honest here. Phoenix took Sacramento for granted. I know we joke about mm-hmm. the Kings on this show. <laughs> Phoenix left it all on the floor against Chicago on Friday, so mm-hmm. they, they they figured it was going to be an easy win against Sacramento. Uh, not so much yesterday, as you, you mentioned. They needed extra session to uh, the uh, to defeat the Sacramento Kings on the road. Uh, the Utah Jazz they get it done with ease, uh, being the New York Knicks at MSG one hundred eight to ninety three, and the Denver Nuggets uh, their their struggles continue as the Celtics mm-hmm. beat them. By 20, 124 to 104. Denver's head coach, um, uh, Mike Malone, benched mm-hmm. the entire starting five to yes. start the second half. <laughs> they did. They did. Ouch. And yeah, that, 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 not their best show. Like you said, Denver you know, mm-hmm. losing, of course, a couple of days before. So I think that they didn't have a very good weekend. The Nuggets did. Although the all Boston did is you know, their, their mm-hmm. ninth row went by 20 plus points. That breaks a tie with the, ninth, the 68 69 season. You, know, you got to go way back to the Bill Russell days for the most 20-point wins in franchise history. Look, Jalen Brown and Jason Taylor, they're still, you know, they scored 30 points each. And, look, I, I feel like, you know, there's sort of like, I think, can Boston keep it up? I think I'm still kind of questioning, mm-hmm. can they do that? But, again, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But this is a really good showing. And, look, hopefully the Nuggets can kind of get it together. Hopefully this is sort of like just a nice little speed bump for them and hopefully they can get it going again. Uh, the Toronto Raptors win their sixth straight road game last night. Of course, they play the Bulls tonight at the United Center. They defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 93-88. Joel Embiid and James Harden failed to score one point in the final four and a half minutes of that mm-hmm. game. Like, you know, I watched the majority of this game live via this computer screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto started off slow early, but they picked it back up. Scotty Barnes, who I think should be a candidate for uh, for rookie of the year behind Evan Movie of the Cavaliers. Uh, Scotty Barnes ha- had 13 points. He struggled, but he made some key uh, buckets and some key plays down the stretch. Pascal Siakam had 26 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Achua, uh, uh, their, their starting power forward, had 21 points and nine rebounds. And Gary Trent Jr. contributed with uh, uh, with nine points. They were playing with that 
Fred Van Fleet, but it was more uh, Toronto does deserve the credit for the win, but it was mostly James Harden once again fail, failing mm -hmm. to execute down the stretch. Yeah, like you said, he and uh, Embiid didn't score for like four and a half minutes, and I think that's a <laughs> big reason why they were able to the Raps were able to pull off that game. And look, this could be you know, seeding wise, could this could this hurt the Sixers? Maybe. Well, we'll see. I mean, mm -hmm. this could be one of those games where you look back on you know this loss and say, well, wait a minute, they won that game. They'd probably be the number one seed, or they'd probably be the two seed instead of the three seed. So we'll see if it is you know coming back to bite them in the butt. I mean. Unfortunately, they're their stars, like you said. Oh, your Harden wasn't able to kind of get together in the fourth quarter. He had his struggles and such. You know, you picked the wrong quarter that you'll have a struggle. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see what how the Sixers bounce back as we get into their schedule for this for the for this week coming up. And it was an offensive foul on James Harden on that last play of the game, elbowing yes. um Boucher. Yeah. Well, said a flagrant foul, I guess to the letter of the law, yes, but I thought that was just incidental contact. But that was definitely an offensive foul. I know some of you 76er fans don't want to hear, but that was the right. Mm -hmm call to make and in our uh, final game from yesterday uh Keldon Johnson scored off a missed free throw the San Antonio's first come from behind to be the Golden State Warriors 110 to 108 Keldon Johnson as I mentioned with the game-winning bucket he had 14 points and seven rebounds Giante Murray their star mm -hmm. point guard had 19 points and six assists uh, six rebounds to go along with eight assists for Golden State, uh, Draymond Green, he's continuing his return to, to the lineup uh, coming back from injury in 18 minutes of action, four points, uh, six rebounds, five assists, but he was in foul trouble uh, in yes. most of the game. Andrew Riggis had 16 points in 33 minutes of action. Clay Thompson had 24 points off a of 6-12 shooting from downtown. Jordan Poole had 28 points to lead the Warriors. Yeah, he had he had the headband. Uh, uh, Clay Thompson did he did he struggle? Did he he actually ended up playing better after he took off the headband in the second mm -hmm. half? But you know it didn't really matter. And we know Steph Steph Curry's out, you know, because of the foot. You know there yeah. was rumors that he might be back by the time the playoffs start. But you can tell that that you know these last few games, even before Steph got hurt, you can tell that they were starting to struggle. You know, getting your know, mm -hmm. Draymond back into it and. Now he'll probably have to step up more with you know Seth being out, so the rest of this regular season. So it's going to be one of those things where you kind of wonder, like, okay, this is this is good. This is going to be one of those things where you're kind of like, I know Warriors fans are starting to freak out now. Our buddy uh, uh, Kylan Mills, who does a great job, um, is, you know, covering the, the the team in in the Bay Area. I know you know they're. I know she said that there's still like some fans are still kind of like you know they're starting to kind of freak out a little bit because. Because you know Steph is out and they they've been struggling too offensively even before Steph got hurt. So it, it's, it's, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens these next few games. I think you know, they're they're already down to the three seed Golden State is. So can they kind of keep it up? You know, so that they they don't have to go too much of a setback as we get to like you know later later into the season. They got a pretty tough schedule coming up. So we'll see what they do. And speaking of the schedule, as we transition to uh, give you guys the key game, uh, the key games to watch for this week in the National Basketball Association, let's start off with tonight's games, which is uh, the Monday slate. Uh, the Pelicans and the Hornets will do battle in Charlotte at six o'clock. The Pelicans are still in it at thirty and forty-one for the playing tournament in the Western Conference. How is that happening? I don't know, but <laughs> they still in it mathematically. While the Charlotte Hornets are one game over five hundred, thirty-six and thirty-five, they quietly have been playing better the last couple weeks mm -hmm. uh they ended the first half on an ugly losing streak but mm -hmm. they turned it around quietly in the second half that's the charlotte hornets uh the lakers the cavaliers will do battle from ohio at six o'clock lebron james mm -hmm. returning to his hometown maybe the lakers can, can pick it back up because lebron james usually plays well against in his Cleveland, former yes. team yeah definitely against his former team so we'll be interested to see what 
you know, what happened, you know, what happens there. Like I said, it's kind of a homecoming, if you will, for LeBron. I know he loves playing there, especially even as a visitor. So we'll, we'll see what he does. And then the Lakers really need this win badly. Yes. Uh, Portland at Detroit at six o'clock. No one cares, even though the Pistons have played well lately. <laughs> uh, at 630, this is probably the game of the night. As you mentioned, Lakina, the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Miami Heat at 630 uh, p.m. Chicago time. You can watch that game on NBA League Pass or you can find it on your Google machine. <laughs> Philadelphia, yeah. they need to uh, play better. Miami's a very good defensive team, as we told you guys all season long. This should be a very good one tonight. Uh, could this be an Eastern Conference Finals preview? We'll have to wait. It could. See, but, it could. I wouldn't know, put I know, it past. I, it. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Philly really wants to get that taste against Toronto. Uh, that loss against Toronto on their mouth from yesterday. So mm-hmm. we'll see if you know. But like I said, Miami. They've had their battles this year. These in you know, their first two meetings. I'm a little surprised this game's not on nationally, but you know it is what it is. But uh, we'll see what happens in this game. Utah and, and Brooklyn should could that be an Eastern NBA Finals preview? Maybe that's an NBA TV game at six thirty. And, and followed uh, by the Raptors and Bulls at seven o'clock at, from the United Center tonight. Uh, the Rizzers and Rockets will do battle at the same time. No one cares. <laughs> at seven o'clock, the Celtics will continue their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the. Oklahoma City Thunder. That should be an easy one for Boston, especially after what they did last night to Denver. Yeah. And uh, wrapping up tonight's schedule, Minnesota will take on Dallas in Dallas at seven thirty. This definitely could be a. This is an underrated game, but this definitely could be a good game. Luka Doncic versus Carl Anthony Towns. This could probably be a play-in matchup too down the line in about yeah. a month. Yeah. So we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, we're gonna be listening to this tomorrow. You got. Golden State and Orlando. Golden State hoping to get back on track against a really scrappy Orlando team. We'll see. Uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader, uh, well, maybe uh, Atlanta and New York. I mean, <laughs> I, just, uh, I mean, I mean, look, I think, okay, New York, yeah, after just getting, like, you know, pummeled by the Jazz on sale you know, yesterday, we'll see if they can bounce back. But, you know, Trey Young versus Julius Randle, I know, you know, now, you know, Knicks fans want Randall out of town. Again, that's a whole nother uh, discussion, but at least see what happens there. Of course, the Bulls and uh, the Bucks, you know, that should be a fun one at seven o'clock. And uh, the Lakers, I mean, the Clippers, I should say, and the Nuggets. Nuggets hoping to kind of bounce back. You know, the Clippers are hanging on to that number seven seed in the play in mm-hmm. on the Western Conference, the second game of the TNT doubleheader. But uh, yeah, we'll see. That should be a fun one. Yeah, big game for both teams. Of course, Denver got em- got embarrassed uh, by Boston at home last night. They lost their last couple of uh, couple of games. Clippers, as we said before, Lakina, give head coach Tyron Luke credit. He's been without his, both his superstars in Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard and Paul George for most of the year. Kawhi Leonard is not coming back. Will Paul George come back? We shall see. But the Clippers are playing good ball right now. Yeah, you got to give him give him props there, and you know he should be getting right up there in consideration for a coach of the year. So that's your schedule for Tuesday. Now, going to Wednesday's schedule at six o'clock, we have the Charlotte Hornets hosting the bad New York Knicks <laughs> at six o'clock from the from the new hive. Also at six o'clock, Atlanta will try to uh, this is a back to back situation for the Hawks as they'll try to continue to uh, put themselves in a position for a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. They'll travel to Detroit to take on the Pistons at six o'clock. Uh, the Kings and the Pacers at six o'clock. No one cares. At six thirty p.m. on Wednesday, you have Utah at Boston. Donovan Mitchell versus Jason Tatum. Uh, the first one to forty plus points. <laughs> mm, probably won't win that game. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, Brooklyn and Memphis. That should be a fun one. That's the first game that ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader. That should be a fun one. There is well Kevin Durant versus John uh, Kevin Durant versus John Morant. That they can see how that had almost rhymed there. You know, kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, a really another good one here though at seven o'clock. Got Phoenix and Minnesota. I know Minnesota played. Mm-hmm. You know, Suns pretty tough. So we'll see. You know, the last means. So we'll see what uh they, they they do in that matchup uh orlando and okc maybe you know maybe if you're like give like young players but uh houston and <laughs> dallas you know dallas has been struggling a little bit lately we'll see how they do there against their in-state rival philadelphia and the lakers that's a that's the second game of that espn doubleheader at nine joy will be versus lebron we'll see which lakers team are we gonna get yeah <laughs> yeah that's the ultimate question right <laughs> we right? shall see and of course and- the spurt yeah, and the, the Spurs, Spurs and the, the yeah. Blazers finishing up that matchup. So to finish up that, that's late on Wednesday. Yeah, and the one game that we missed, it was the Golden State Warriors versus the Miami Heat at 630. Too bad Steph's not playing yeah, in this game, but yeah, but it's still important game for both teams. I think, like you said, the Warriors should finish no lower than third in that Western Conference, but Miami, uh, they'll probably end up winning the East, mm-hmm. uh, winning the East, but it's still a big game for both teams. Let's go to Thursday's schedule. So it's a, it's just be a good game even yeah, with yeah. Steph. Yeah, I mean that that look you got Clay Thompson, Draymond started yeah. to get there. You know, the defense for Miami, we'll see if they can slow them down. But could this be a finals preview? Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Uh let's finish up with Thursday schedule at 6 30. Cleveland at Toronto. This should be a good one there. As we mentioned with the Bulls as a law jam for that uh in that four fifth and six spots in the Eastern Conference playoff race at seven o'clock, Indiana at Memphis. Let's see how much John uh, John Morant will how many points he'll score in that one. Also at seven o'clock on Thursday, Washington at Milwaukee. Of course, the Bulls will take on the New Orleans Pelicans at the same time in the NBA TV game of the night for Thursday. Phoenix and Denver at eight o'clock. So that's your schedule for Thursday and for this week in the National Basketball Association. Lots of great games too. We're getting out to the wire, folks. The last a couple last few weeks of the season, you get these like 10, 12, you know, 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. games left. So Oh boy, now we're getting some you know good positioning too. So it should be a uh, should be very interesting though. No doubt about it. You um, listening? You listening to second? Yeah, you listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. City. Lakina here with you, uh, Lakina. We may have to continue this discussion after the bottom of the hour timeout, but let's get into some NFL talk. But first, the news that broke uh, after we got off the air on Friday, almost a full hour after we uh, finished our show, Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans quarterback, now the former Texan quarterback, is now a new member of the Cleveland Browns. The Browns will give him a new contract, five years, $248 million, all of it fully guaranteed. guaranteed. And I think that's what really shocked a lot of people was because mm-hmm. of the fact that all that money is front-loaded and is guaranteed. So I, I'm, that was a little bit you know, strange for me. And it kind of came out of nowhere because you know, all signs were pointing to him going to Atlanta. But you know, at the last minute, he said, you know what, I'm going to go to the Browns instead. I mean, they get a, a couple of picks, you know, both you know, both uh, the, the, the Texans do. And, and look, I think we had uh, someone comment on here, Justin, our buddy Justin, you know, comment on our YouTube page. He said, you know, he's happy as a Browns fan that they got Watson. So, but you know, I would, I would, you know, I would implore Justin and other Browns fans that he's probably going to have to sit out maybe for about four to six games. Mm-hmm. You know, that you know, the season coming up. So, I would say, you know, yes, it makes you kind of a playoff contender, sort of in the AFC North. 
But I would also you know, implore folks that he'll be probably sitting for a few games you know, this year. Mm-hmm. So I think people need to kind of temper your expectations there. We're not going to go into the legal stuff. I know mm-hmm. I know uh, the lawyer for the 22 women that you know, accused him of you know, assault said that, well, you know, none of the teams reached out to him. Okay, but that, look, that's a whole nother, like conversation. Yeah. So we're not going to get into it. We're not a law show. We won't play one here on this, on this show or this podcast. But even still, uh, look, I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, look, I, I feel like, you know, once everything kind of you know, you know you know irons out and such, this could be to be the really solid trade for Watson and for also too for the you know, for uh, the Texans as well. They got a couple, they get a couple of draft picks, especially a couple for this year. Yeah, and let's focus in on Cleveland first. Look, you know, I was listening to some Cleveland sports talk over the weekend. It's pretty much split down the middle of uh, with the accusation of Deshaun Watson. I know on one end, uh, like you mentioned, as our, our our guy on YouTube checked in. Uh, Many Browns fans are happy that Deshaun Watson is on their team. is is definitely an upgrade. He's one of the top five quarterbacks in in the top five top ten quarterbacks in the league. And mm. on the other hand, yeah, Browns fans that they thought that Baker Mayfield got the um, knife in the back this year, even though he did play injured last year, but uh, he was inconsistent down the stretch as 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 the Cleveland Browns were trying to secure a playoff spot. Of course, uh, Baker Mayfield helped Cleveland um, go to the playoffs last year. They mm-hmm. upset in the wild card round um they were competitive against kansas city but they couldn't pull off a win there so i i, I get it from both sides but this is actually a good acquisition for uh the cleveland browns you have as a right now number one wide receiver uh mari cooper which they acquired from the dallas cowboys you still have miles garrett a sack machine uh defensive star on the on that side of the ball Cleveland can be very competitive next year as you mentioned the king of deshaun watson will probably set up the first month or the first four to six games, your backup quarterback right now is Case Keenum. If that's the case, uh, they should still be okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's sort of one of those things where you wonder, like, oh, okay, this is a pretty interesting you know, move that they made. And, and look, I, mean, I feel like maybe you know, could this be up there? Sure. I, I mean, look, you know, he, he ended up going to Buffalo, Case Keenum, so you know, they ended up oh. Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby okay. Brissett instead. So they decided to go respect to the trade case Keenan. And for me, they should have kept Keenan, mm-hmm. but that's and that's just me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see what, what the Browns do here. But you know, again, the quarterback carousel continues in the NFL. <laughs> so we'll see what happens in that front. And another another big trade I gotta pay off this team before we go to break, but we'll we'll probably spend on it a little bit more. But you know, Matt Ryan, who was sort of the trade rumors, you know, who was going to probably be going to probably could have been going to Houston. Now instead of going to one of their AFC South rivals, the Colts. You'll get it up here. Uh, all you know, this is like according to Ian Rappaport, you know, my, my Tom Pollister and Mike Garofalo. They're getting mm-hmm. a couple of you know, Atlanta is getting a third round pick, you know, for this year's drafts. And the Colts looks like they get their quarterback. So that was sort of the one thing that's been happening. You know, to the Colts the last couple of years, they haven't been able to find that QB. They have the good weapons there. You know, maybe Matt Ryan can still be the answer. Yeah, and let's not forget the Colts have one of the top young offensive of lines in the league, led by mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson uh, out of Notre Dame. And they still have a good running game in Jonathan Taylor, who's the, the top leading Russian in the league last year. You mentioned they have a couple of uh, good weapons uh, offensively. The, their defense is Still good, even though now ex defensive uh, coordinator, uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus is the head coach of your Chicago Bears. So uh, Frank Wright is a very good head coach. They lucked out on him to sell Josh McDaniels a few years ago. Uh, as you mentioned, they struggled down the stretch last year. I think they're back in the playoff race now. 
Yeah, I think they really should. I think that's kind of the sort of setback for them was the quarterback, you know, Phillip Rivers, mm-hmm. you know, showed a little bit, but, you know, his age kind of got the best to him. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz, I mean, you know, he didn't really look good those last couple of games of the season for the Colts. So hopefully Matt Ryan could be that guy. You know, he's going to be playing in a controlled environment, you know, totally different environment. He's going to be playing in a lot of AFC South, you know, city. So we we'll usually see how he does against some of those defenses. But, you know, yeah, I think this is a nice trade for both the Colts and the Falcons. Look, the Falcons are getting you know, a third round pick. Maybe they can do that to maybe get a, a wide receiver. Now they got to figure out who they're going to get at quarterback. So a lot, you know, there's still a lot of holes here that need to be filled. But, you know, things are kind of going fast and furious too with the, with the NFL. Yeah. And, and speaking of um, the quarterback carousel, we talked about this on our last show last Friday. Like, you know, we had this discussion a couple of months ago. Can, uh, will Atlanta be a hot spot for Baker Mayfield? Me personally, my sleeper pick is the New York Giants. You should not trust Daniel Jones. I know Seattle's in the mix for Baker services. I know the Colts were rumored before the move happened about an hour ago with Matt Ryan. So you could take the Colts off the list. Do you think Atlanta's a realistic possibility for Mr. Mayfield? Sure, I think Or perhaps so. Carolina, think- New Orleans is still in the mix? Yeah, I think, look, I think he'll have his pick of teams he want to choose. Now, now, again, will the Browns, you know, honor his requ- request? You know, perhaps, you know, if he tells them, hey, I want to go to Seattle, I want to go to, you know, some of these other places, the other spots. I mean, that we mentioned, you know, will the Browns accommodate him? Probably not, especially even the way things kind of transpired the last couple of days. But we'll see. I mean, look, you know, he wants to go to New York and, you know, go to the Giants. Cool. If you want to go to Seattle or whatever. But, look, they're definitely going to have their, their – he's going to have his spots to choose from now. Again, the question is, will the Browns accommodate him? And number two, what's, what's Baker Mayfield really worth on the trade market? I'm sure the Browns won a first-round pick, but do you really want to give up a first-round pick? Mm-hmm. Probably not the highest no. you're probably going to give up. It's a, a third-round pick. A second round, maybe. I think Cleveland would still be happy with that realistically. But uh, do you think it's just the highest could be a third-round pick and maybe a second, a future second-round pick something, somewhere second. in that realm? Probably a future second. I think that's probably the best you're going to get from them. I feel like I think that, yeah, I just don't see you're going to, you know, someone's going to give up a first round, especially for this year to, you know, for a guy that you just don't, you just don't, you still don't know at this point. The jury's still out on it. Maybe after all this time now. So we'll have to wait and see. When we return, we have news from the Diamonds as spring training uh, is uh, off and running uh, for both of our Chicago teams. Uh, there was some moves that were made. Uh, they were announced uh, late uh, uh, starting the weekend. And we have some sports media news for you guys and in Perhaps a whole lot more. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. On the NBA schedule tonight, the Bulls will try to snap a three-game losing skid when they host Toronto. Chicago's 41-29 and 29 overall. They've dropped 8 of 10 and are five and a half games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors come in with wins in 6 of 10. They're two games behind the fifth-place Bulls. Toronto 39-31 and 31 this season. In Sunday's NHL action, the Blackhawks fell 6-4 at home against Winnipeg. Chicago has lost two straight. They're winless in three. Winnipeg exploded for four goals in the second period. Chicago opens up a three-game road trip this Wednesday night when they visit Anaheim. NFL free agency, the Bears have signed former Chiefs receiver and kick returner Byron Pringle to a one-year deal. They also re-signed safety DeAndre Houston Carson to a one-year contract and signed former Colts defensive end Al-Kadeen Muhammad to a two-year deal. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago.
Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color for a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone. Chicago Seal Keenan here with you. Less than a half hour away from closing up shop for today. If you have a question or a comment for us during uh, for any of our topics during today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, before we get to our sports media news for the day, let's go to baseball. Uh, this news Broke late Friday night, early Saturday morning, depending on what part of the world you were in. Uh, short star shortstop Carlos Correa will be headed to the Minnesota Twins on a three-year deal. And Trevor Story leaves Colorado. He signs a, a mega deal with the Boston Red the Boston Sox. Boston Red Sox, yeah, it's sort of like I don't, I didn't see either one of these these moves coming. I feel like you know they gave him a lot of money. The Red Sox did. I mean, Story's one mm-hmm. of those guys where he can play you know both in you know the infield and in the outfield. You know he, when he you know when he's Healthy, he's really good, but he does get hurt a lot, and I think that's probably one of the questions. Maybe I know some White Sox fans wanted you know them to try to get take a gander at him. You know that that didn't pan out, you know, unfortunately. But yeah, well, we'll see what he can do. I mean, look, I'm sure he definitely contributed to the the Red Sox, and he'll just be right there for them now. As far as the Correa deal is concerned, I didn't, I really didn't see that coming. This this news kind of came out like late Friday. <laughs> this yeah, news stuff, when people were watching the, I think it was the, uh, I for, I, I forgot which game was on. It just ended, but. uh you know, I just I look. What is Minnesota doing? That's what I want to know. Like they, they <laughs> you, know, you thought that maybe they might, you know, they might, you know, clean, you know, clean house and start over. Now they picked up, you know, Sanchez in the tree. You know, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. They picked up, mm-hmm. picked up a couple of other guys. Now they've got, you know, Correa. I mean, what what is going on here? So you got to they're definitely gonna be up there with, you know, with the White Sox as favorites in the AL Central. But I honestly don't know. Like, what are they doing? I know Byron Bucks is supposed to be back from injury from last year for the Twins. Mm-hmm. I know, like you mentioned, they traded Josh Donaldson to the Yankees in exchange for Gary Sanchez. Uh, I said this to a couple of people over the weekend on Twitter. The Sox-Twins game should be interesting this year. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Sox picked up Joe Kelly. Of course, he has a beef with the who does it with the old Houston Astros team. And, of course, Correa's with the Twins now. It, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, – uh, how the Sox and Twins uh, match up this year. The first game is Friday, April, April 22nd in uh, Target mm-hmm. Field. But uh, but looking at the Minnesota Twins team, they still don't have the pitching. Right. Uh, they don't have enough offense, in my opinion. And uh, it's just going to be another struggle. And that's it. Everybody stays healthy. Like you mentioned, the Sox still should be the favorites to win the 
AL Central. I think they may get a challenge from the Detroit Tigers. Cleveland is still uh, retooling. Kansas City, uh, I had a little bit high hopes for them going into the offseason. I don't know what the hell they're doing now. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it still should be interesting uh, with the Sox and Twins a little bit. Are the Twins an actual threat? No. Right. But, but we'll <laughs> see what happens. Maybe. Also, uh, Nick, yeah, Nick Castellanos has been uh, picked up by the Phillies. So the Phillies will have even more offense. So I guess they'll be scoring about 13 runs a game, I guess. Cause Fix we, their uh, pitching. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, Their <right>. bullpen. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll do that you know, if they're right there in contention. Because you know, they could, uh, Atlanta could take a step back, especially now with Freddie Freeman now with the Dodgers. So. You know, we'll, we'll see, but I think the Phillies will definitely be up there in the A in the NL East, I should say. So, uh, should be very interesting. Though. We'll see what, what happens there. Of course, you know, spring training is going on as we speak. You know, spring training games are going on as well. And a really nice moment, uh, with uh, Darren Baker, who is the son of Dusty Baker, of course. You know, Dusty Baker, the manager of the Rangers. Darren plays Astro. in the, in the Astro, Astro. Wait, wait, oh, okay, sorry, I went like a little far back, but uh. You know, of course, the Rangers and uh, the Astros, the Astros and the Nationals, that's where Darren plays for, you know, we're playing a spring training game. And Darren actually took the, you know, the lineup card up to, you know, the, you know, the, the umpires and, you know, his dad did it as well. Of course, we all remember how, you know, it was so long ago, good grief, you know, how, of course, you know, JT Snow had to famously, uh, you, know, you know, get Darren out of the way. He could have been a more yeah. at the time. <laughs> Yeah, in the World that, Series that against World the Angels, yeah. That old three World Series against the Angels, but uh, it was, yep. you know, now he's you know now you know with Takal, he's now playing you know in the Nationals farm system. So that was a really nice moment over the weekend. Yeah, say what you want by Dusty Baker, but that's a, a great moment for for a, um, a big, great baseball family. Lakina, let's, let's go back to the White Sox. Uh, of course, the New York Mets, uh, they're expected to be in contention for that NL East this year. Jacob DeGrom is supposed to come back healthy. They still have a good starting rotation. They picked up Max Scherzer in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael Conforto is still out there. Do you think the White Sox should pick him up? Uh, 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 this is my thought. If they – if the Sox get them, fine. But I, I, I'm I'm in reality mode. You could uh, live in right field with the platoon, platoon system of Adam Engel and Gavin Sheets. Yeah, you got a pretty good. Uh, yeah, you got a pretty uh, solid us. Uh, you know, the, out there, outfield out there. So yeah, I mean, would it be great to be if they got? I think I think some of the other rumors. I think teams. I think, I think the Rays might be interested in him, and I think a couple mm-hmm. other contending teams as well. So, I mean, he won't. He shouldn't cost you that much. So I, I feel like, you know, why not to get have add that depth there in case, but you won't have to worry about having him had to play very much. So I, I don't know, but look, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's probably like the last, he's not a big free agent, but he's definitely like in the middle of the road free agent. He's probably like the last one not to sign with anybody yet. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, maybe news will break you before the day is over with. Yeah, we'll see uh, about that. Uh, let's head over to uh, some sports media news right now. Lakina, this just broke. Uh, about maybe a half hour, 45 minutes ago, Al Michaels, as expected, is not reportedly uh, is not signed, sealed, de- and delivered yet. But according to the New York Post, Al Michaels will will be uh, the lead voice for Thursday Night Football on Amazon next to Kirk Herbstreit starting next next season. He's uh, reportedly going to earn around uh, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck money, and he'll still call games, uh, one or two games for NBC starting next season, as expected. With NBC as well for Sunday Night Football, Mike Tarigo will replace Al Michaels. Yeah, this is—I'm sure you know—he's getting this next big payday. He's 77 now, and I—and you know, look, good, good for him. I know that there has mm-hmm. been you know, some you know rumors that maybe look—he's still very sharp for 77. 
he still, you know, has that, you know, that quick wit that we know and love about him. So, and I think, look, I can see him and, you know, Herbie, you know, working well together. We'll see. I mean, this is definitely new territory for Herbie. You know, he's done, he's done, you know, Monday night games, you know, for ESPN, but this is going to be like, he's going to have the premiere game on Thursday night. So mm -hmm. we'll see what, what, what happens and what transpires there. But yeah. And look, it's going to get, you know, look, it's a, it'll be interesting how they mesh together because they haven't worked together before. So, but it should, this should be interesting though. And look, I'm glad, you know, Al got his money. You know, sort of the last big payday, you know, at 77. But at least he's going to be calling maybe like one or two games for uh, NBC. So, yeah, we'll still see him. But, you know, it's definitely going to be you know, definitely a new era in that Sunday football booth. And continue with the broadcasting carousel from the National Football League. It looks like Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, uh, the number two team in Fox, will they'll move up to be the number one team. As we said before, like, you know, who will be the number two team? We'll see what happens with that. And it looks like the deal between ESPN and Joe Buck, of course, is final. But in exchange, it looks like Fox will get the right to air the Penn State's game at Purdue scheduled for Thursday, September yes. 1st. That was supposed to be a, a big marquee game for ESPN. So now because, you know, they traded for Joe Buck, you know, now that – you know, Fox will have 28 Big Ten games, so just 26 for ESPN. That Purdue, that, uh, that Purdue uh, Penn State game should be a very mm -hmm. interesting. That should be a very interesting game too. You know, Purdue's got a lot of their guys back. You know, from this past season, we know Penn State's really good. They kind of struggled last year, but mm -hmm. it'll be interesting though. But yeah, uh, yeah, at least I, I guess if you're Joe Buck, you can take that. You know, a Big Ten game rather you know like a rat or something. So hey, <laughs> it's, it's it's we'll take it. <laughs> And also, too, this opens uh, the top pick for the Saturday window of Labor Day weekend for ESPN to secure the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Mm -hmm. I think so that's that a foregone should, conclusion. That should be, yeah, that that should. That, that, I think if you're ESPN, you'll take that trade. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Look, that should be a that, that should be going to Notre Dame and Ohio State. But uh, yeah, that should be a, a fun. We'll, again, we'll talk about that as it gets closer, goes to college football season. But yeah, so I think it's going to be a good trade for both both sides. Yeah, and also, too, congratulations to former Chicago sports broadcaster from Fox 32 in CSN slash NBC Sports Chicago, Sierra Santos, who was Sierra Santos, who worked in Phoenix for the past year and a half. She's headed over to MLB Network. She'll be the anchor. She'll be the host for uh, their nightly show, Quick Pitch, starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah, she's Morgan in Phoenix. She had Morgan in Phoenix the last couple of years, so mm -hmm. her hometown. I think she's still, she's still gonna be basic, but she's gonna be doing you know traveling around the country because you know we don't. Mm -hmm. For people who know her, you know we we <clears throat> saw her cover sports here in Chicago for about five years. You know she's really good, and she's a big baseball fan. So, and I like the fact that MLB Network is finally you know, getting some some diversity, especially mm -hmm. you know, on the female female side. They've hired a couple other uh, black females, and of course you'll see her being a, a woman of color, being Hispanic. So I think that's definitely mm -hmm. you know definitely definitely kind of you know sort of getting the more representation over at that network, which is which is look you always want to have representation. It shouldn't be like a cap on how much representation you should have. They're all really yeah. good, so you know it should be. I you know, can't wait to see. I'll probably might check that out. Yeah, and we also like to say peace and love to John you know, John Clayton's yes. family because uh, the longtime NFL insider and reporter John Clayton, formerly of ESPN, he passed away at the age of 67 on Friday. Of course, Lakina, just like everybody else, I was a big fan of his watching. His Sports Center commercials were legendary. You can catch them on YouTube. Mm. It has been running all uh, all over the place of, uh, of uh, this past weekend. Of course, he was a guest on all the ESPN shows on ESPN 1000 locally here in Chicago for, mm -hmm. for years. I appreciate his great writing, his great insight. Uh, he, he is definitely a, a pro football Hall of Fame writer, uh, broadcaster. He was still doing local shows for ESPN 710 in Seattle, in Seattle yep. over the last few years. But he's one of the uh, uh, one of the few uh, national writers that put 
pro football on the map, but his legacy will never be forgotten. Mom, I'm done with my segment. That's the one, the probably most you know, famous commercial of his. Yes. <laughs> that was just a little bit of the funniest. And also, to our buddy Sean Salisbury, I know we're thinking about him today. I know he uh, did a really nice tribute on his, his show uh, based in Houston. Um, you know, their, their four downs, you know, the last for like the first like three, I think they did for like two or three years were really mm-hmm. good. You know, they, they took shots at each other, you know, but they kept it, you know, fun and light. And, you know, that that could have been a staple on that, you know, on that network for years. But, you know, certain, you know, things kind of came up and that that didn't end up being the case. But he was still, Clayton was, Mr. Clay was such, you know, was so smart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, seeing like various, his various colleagues through ESPN. I know uh, Mina Kime showed a, showed a really great story. You know, of course, he's from, he was from Seattle, I should say. And, you know, he was based there. You know, some of the other guys, you know, Louis Rivick, you know, one of the first, you know, assignments he did for ESPN was covering the draft a few years ago with, you know, John Clayton on ESPN mm-hmm. Radio, a couple other guys, Tudari Noka and a couple of others. You know, they shared a really nice, both of them shared a really good story. So he's definitely a guy that's going to be missed. And look, we were losing a lot of, you know, really great, you know, football, you know, columnists and, and you know, reporters. And, you know, he, he kept it fun. He kept it light, but he, all, he was also very knowledgeable. So that that's one of the things that we'll miss more about Mr. Clayton. Yeah, we'll definitely miss uh, Mr. John Clayton. Once again, peace of love to his family uh, during this uh, very difficult time. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in 11 Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid and Lakina here with you wrapping up today's show. We still have some time left, Lakina. Before we get back to college basketball, one trade uh, to note locally uh, in the National Hockey League, their trade deadline will be up in a few minutes by the time we get off air. Mike. Mark Andre Fleury, the Blackhawks uh, star goalie, he's been traded to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a conditional draft pick. Lakina, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, we, uh, many of us saw this coming. And yeah. Mark Andre Fleury is going to play for a good Minnesota Wild team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're expected to make a deep run in the in the playoffs. They just gotten themselves a good goalie, a veteran goalie at that. Yeah, and I think this is a big, you know, big trade for both. I think that the Wilds, their goalie, you know, they they're actually one of the top rated, you know, top you know scoring you know teams in the NHL. But mm-hmm. you know, they give up a lot of goals too. So I think having Mark Andre Fleur, who's also you know who's you know he's done a, who's done this a few times too, he has a couple of Stanley Cups to his credit. So you know, yeah. he's definitely uh, definitely can bring that veteran presence, you know, in in that front as well. Once their playoffs starting about a month, also too Claude Giroux. You know, was said, you know, from the Flyers to the Panthers. There were some other rumors that he was going to a couple other places, but, you know, ultimately he ended up, he ended up going to the Panthers and they get you know, a really solid, excuse me, kids, center, centerman. <laughs> you know, I, I can't talk for some reason. It's the allergies, folks. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he got, a, you know, they get a nice, you know, extra center that they, they desperately need. The Panthers do. So, and they get a, they get a, a, a second rounder, you know, you know, the Flyers who come in back. I know, I know a couple of, a couple of my friends who are big Flyers fans. You know, they, they love Drew, but they understand why that, you know, they, that yeah. trade had to happen. So, you know, trades are both, you know, for all sides. We'll see if there are other trades, you know, big trades that are you know, coming down the pipe. But uh, those are a couple of the big ones. Yeah, so anything else happens with the Blackhawks, so we'll let you know before we check up out of here in a few minutes. Uh, Second City Sports uh, on Sports on Chicago. We're live in 11 Color, wrapping up the Monday uh, Monday's edition of the show. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina will be back on the air as usual on Friday uh, at noon, but the, the, the round of 16 and 8 uh, will take place starting on Thursday. I want to get your thoughts on, on, the, on the games just for Thursday um, uh, coming up. Uh, the first game will be up at 6.09 p.m. Central Standard Time on CBS. Number four, Arkansas will play number one, Gonzaga. I believe this game will take place in San Francisco. Yes, yes, it will. And 
Yeah, I mean, this would be interesting. I, um, I think, you know, look, Arkansas's defense, they can, they can slow down uh, Chet Holgrim and uh, uh, Drew Tenney. I, I think they could definitely, you know, they could definitely sort of, you know, pull off the upset. I think, look, they're playing with house money Arkansas is at this point in the season. I know that it's going to be kind of like a home, you know, home court since, you know, it's going to be in San Fran. But look, if you're Arkansas, look, your your defense could slow down. You know, they look, they slowed down Kentucky. They were a pretty high, high power offense. Look, the size is going to be a problem with with Timmy, mm-hmm. but if they can slow him down, force him into foul trouble right away, you know, Arkansas could pull off the upset. Look, Eric Muscle has a you know they they know he knows, he knows his West Coast team as well, so he's not gonna not gonna be afraid of facing you know Gonzaga. They're not gonna be they're not gonna be intimidated. Yeah, shout out to Ronnie Brewer. I told I said this is Cheryl Ray Stout, good friend of the show. Uh, Ronnie Brewer, uh, the former Chicago Bull. Yeah, he's now one of the assistant coaches for the Razorbacks at his old mm-hmm. school. Yep, yep, yep. So. uh yeah, so uh, yeah, so you know, getting some you know, good pointers there from Mr. Musselman. Like I said, before, this should be a really good game. I know mm-hmm. some people may already ha- automatically have because I can win this game, but uh, look, don't be surprised at the upset there. Now, in the South region, uh, you got this will be the AT and T Center. You've got Michigan, the number eleven seed, and uh, Villanova. I know that uh, Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, you know, he's kind of like led the charge. You know, for Michigan, mm-hmm. they got a couple of their guys back, but I think the I think the uh, the veteran presence of you know Connor Gillespie and Samuels and that that team you know from Villanova, they know what to do. So I think they'll. I think this is when the uh, Michigan sort of Cinderella run, if you will, ends. I couldn't agree with you more. I think, like you said, the veteran leadership for the Wildcats, head coach Jay Wright, he's been there before. I think it's going to come down to rebounding and in, in, in the defense in the interior. Uh, Michigan has yeah. done a very good job of, of it so far, but I think Villanova is just that much better. So I'm going with Villanova in this one. I am as well. And that's game. that game is going to be in San Antonio. Now, Texas Tech and Duke, that's going to be the second game in that West region <laughs> in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I know uh, Texas Tech's defense. I though, but I think look, Duke Duke's used to playing those type of defenses. They're gonna have some time to prepare, and look, the you know, coach K is gonna have a few days to prepare. So this could be like this could be like first to like sixty because both yeah. teams can kind yeah. of tend to struggle a little bit from if both teams you know, depend on the three a little bit too much for my liking. If they're not hitting their threes, you know, especially Texas Tech, I mean, they're they're kind of you know hard to kind of you know Bryson Williams, you know, who's one of the you know the few holdovers from that team that went to the Final Four a few years ago. Um, yeah, this should be a, this should be an interesting one too. This could come down to the wire here. Yeah, who's gonna make those key plays down the stretch? Who's gonna uh, step up and be that secondary scorer for both teams? Uh, like you said, both teams struggle to score in the first place. Who, who's gonna have the hot hand? Me personally, as a fan, I'm cheering as hard as hell for Texas Tech. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think you know why, but I think in reality, when all reality sets out, I think Duke is going to pull out this one and go to the Elite Eight. Yeah, Kevin, Mc, you know Kevin McKellar, who, like I said, he's the one of those like the holdover from that Final Four team that went a few years ago. So bringing in some of his experience, so that should be an interesting one. That should be a good one there too, even though it's San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And and in the last in the last game in San Antonio. In the South region, you got Houston at number one uh, seed, uh, Tech uh, Arizona, I should say. That should be a, a fun one. This could be a very high-scoring affair. This could be like a mm-hmm. very, you know, both teams are very, like, big up front. And, you know, both can, you know, shoot the three. So this could be another one. This could be – I can see why this game got the late slate on TBS. Remember, these games are on TBS as well as CBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the West region is going to be on CBS. The South region is going to be on TBS. So remember that, folks. And uh, yeah, Arizona and Houston. This should be this. This, this could be the game of the the night here. 
Yeah, the first two uh, 80 and 90 points, right? We saw what yes. Houston did <laughs> to Illinois yesterday, even though they scored 68. Those those guys love to run, 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 just like yes. Arizona. Uh, who's gonna get uh, Who's gonna get those key rebounds? Who's gonna uh, be the force uh, in the interior to get those uh, block shots? Uh, I think that's gonna be the key. Yeah, uh, Ben Mathurin versus versus Kyler Edwards. That should be a fun one. Yeah, there as well. You know, both can you know shoot you know lights out when they're hot. So this could, like I said, this could be first to hundred in that front. And that's your preview for the Thursday games. Well, we'll we'll preview the you know Friday's games you know on Friday. But yeah, mm-hmm. those are sort of like your your main games there in this in the uh, the West and the South region. We'll do the Midwest and the East region where, like I said, East region is pretty much up for grabs at this point. So yeah, you know, we'll be interested to see how that goes now. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, along with Cindy Brown, I like Keenan McGee. Uh, there was another big trade in the NFL. Uh, well, not a trade, but a signing. Uh, the Saints are bringing back Jameis Winston on a two-year deal with twenty-eight million dollars. Twenty-one of it guaranteed. Twenty million, twenty-one million of that is guaranteed. So after missing out on Matt Ryan, after missing out on Deshaun Watson, they decided to let's let's bring back their old friend uh, Jameis. So what do you think about this this signing? Yeah, that's still a good deal for New Orleans. They're familiar with the system. Actually, he started off very well. Um, unfortunately, he, he had that. his uh, torn ACL injury that yeah. that cut that that cut his season. But as we mentioned, New Orleans is still a good ball club. They still had to fix their secondary. But Cam Jordan, their stud defensive end, he's one of the best in the NFL to uh, to pressure the passer. And they still have a very good offense. Michael Thomas, who missed all of last season, mm-hmm. their star wide receiver, he'll be back for 2022. And you still have Alvin Kamara who was up and down last year uh, with entries, but he finished the season strong. So New Orleans is still a borderline playoff team. So this is a good move for them. And you could, uh, for Baker Mayfield, you could toss off New Orleans off their list as, as potential landing spots. Yeah, so uh, no That's what it says to me. Yeah, I'll say you can cross, you know, the Saints off his uh, mm-hmm. list. I'm sure, you know, Baker's got a long list. So, but look, you, look he's, still, he's still got Seattle. He can still have got New York, the New York Giants. So, We'll see. I mean, we may have some news come down to Python, you know, before the week is over with. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens there. Now we actually still got a few more minutes left. <laughs> so uh, anything else or, you know, have you know, caught your attention over the weekend? Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, about uh, the tonight's Bulls Raptors game. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you expect from the Bulls tonight? Like I said, I was cheering hard as hell for Philadelphia last night, but of course, Toronto uh, had a bit, had a big win and come from behind fashion. They playing without. Fred Van Fleet. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but if he does, it'll give Toronto a big boost. Um, for the Bulls, uh, there's no excuse to come out strong tonight. I'm sure Toronto got in at the wee hours of the morning today mm-hmm. <laughs> from Philadelphia, so uh, they should be jet lag just a little bit, but I expect a strong start from Chicago tonight. Yeah. You kind of sort of saw that in the first few minutes on Friday night against Phoenix, but Phoenix took over from the late first quarter and thereafter, but mm-hmm. I expect a better effort from the Bulls tonight. Yeah, it'll be very interesting though to see what what happens here. I feel like if the Bulls can, like you like you said, so they might still be the Sixers, the the the, the Raptors. I mean, they might still be a little exhausted from that Sixers game last night. They may not have came into like maybe like two or three in the morning. So if you're the Bulls, you've had a couple of days off. Take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Get on them early, and you know, yes, you know, as 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 Jimmy Johnson said, you know, with those Miami teams, football teams from uh. From the eighties, you know, pour it on them and don't let them up. And I think you know yeah. they're they're look. I know they played you know games close, you know in the the first you know first few meetings. But look, this is sort of the time where like you're still trying to get right there, get back to that fourth seed. So if you're the uh, the Bulls, you know you jump in late. We'll see how P will does. I know it's, it's probably still gonna get take him a couple of games, kind of get you know get back into the you know, the 
get into like the swing of things, mm-hmm. but they'll get him in the rhythm early and hopefully, you know, look, hopefully they can jump on them early and uh, not look back. And speaking of P. Will Patrick Williams, how many minutes you do you think Billy Donovan is going to give him? At least 15 to 20 minutes? I think that 20 minutes is a little bit too much, but at least 15, 17? Maybe like 12 to 15, I think, because I guess look, he yeah. hasn't played like like five months, so I think he's going to yeah. want to, you know, kind of get into rhythm first. You know, he, like I say, he didn't play with the Windy City Bulls, so you thought that maybe they'd probably, you know, have him play a couple of games there to kind of get him back to the game rhythm, but, you know, he'll probably only play like maybe 12 minutes. You won't, you won't see him that much. And also, too, I want to see who defends Scotty Barnes from the Raptors. And also, what are they going to do with Pascal Siakam? Are they going to double-team him? Are they going to face him straight up? Those those two guys, of course, Pascal Siakam was on that championship team with Toronto in 2019. And, of course, Scotty Barnes, he's right behind Evan Mobley for a rookie of the year. This kid can really sky to the mm-hmm. basket. And, and the Bulls should watch out for him tonight. Now, assuming that Fred Van Fleet, Rockford's very own place tonight, uh, that's going to give more of a scoring threat, uh, additional scoring threat for the Toronto Raptors. But if if Van Fleet does not play, I think the Bulls have a, a slight advantage, slight advantage. But I really think the Bulls uh, can win this game tonight. But if they don't, things can really get scary. Yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. It should be should be a formal, but I think the Bulls pull it out. Uh, some college hoops, more college hoops this time in the coaching front. Uh, Murray <laughs> State's Mac Mac McMahon is finalized to become the next head coach over at LSU. Uh, so I you know they're going to another, they're going to the, uh, Missouri Valley. Now they're going to have to look for a new coach. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy there with Murray state. Now, Kevin Willard has decided to leave Seton hall to go to Maryland, his old stomping grounds. You know, he was an assistant there for a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, Shaheen Holloway's name has been floated around. Remember for all of you don't know, he played with Seton Hall at Seton Hall, I should say in the late nineties from 96 to 2000, that, you know, actually the last time they went to the sweet 16 was when he was there as a player. So <laughs> telling our ages again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so his rumors of him are already starting. And uh, unfortunately say Pete's, I hope they understand that he might end up going to, you know, Seton Hall within the next week or two after, you know, their, their run is over. And cause you know, they just don't have the money. Remember if you guys forget, they had to send, you know, they couldn't send their cheerleaders down there to support them during that opening round when they upset Kentucky because they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. So NBC, of course, you know, being a Peacock Network, they had to step in and help, you know, fund, you know, they were able to get back, you know, kind of go back, you know, down there for the game against Maria State. Of course, they were there to, you know, they upset there. Now they're in the Sweet 16. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, might be might be some coaching uh, news coming down the pike here in with St. Pete, but we'll see. Yep, that's been another great edition of Second City Sports, the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Of course, I'm looking forward to uh, the, this Bulls game tonight. It's an important week for the for the team. They they have Toronto tonight. They're at Milwaukee tomorrow, and of course, they're at New Orleans on Thursday. And of course, uh, March Madness picks back up again with the rounds of 16 and 8 starting on Thursday. That's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, the yeah, I'm sure we'll see if any more players are moved, you know, from the NHL during the trade deadline. That should mm-hmm. be, you know, will there be any more big names, you know, leaving? You know, that should be an interesting one too as well. Of course, you know, the NBA, of course, you know, and also shout out to Jamal Crawford. He's calling it a career. So, you know, he's retiring. He's been doing a lot of, you know, television as entrepreneur entrepreneurial stuff, of course, you know, right here, you know, born and raised right here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
you know, was able to come back after you know devastating knee injury. You know, actually won a couple of titles with Golden State. You know, play among with other, you know, play with among other teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, a really great career with a really uh, good guy. So, hopefully, I'm sure the, the sky's living for him in, in that front. So, he might, might see him on a mm-hmm. TV screen or a YouTube screen near you. And breaking news regarding the the Philadelphia 76ers Miami Heat game tonight. Joel Embiid is out. He's sitting Ooh. out tonight's game. That is huge. Say injury? Did they say injuries or? I don't know. I just saw uh, crawling across my scrolling uh, across my TV screen. Okay. All right. So it could be that could be a big one there for tonight mm-hmm. against Miami. So we'll see what happens there. Also, a little tennis news: uh, Taylor Fritz, who is he? Who's at you know twenty two years old? You know he you know twenty four years old. I should say he won at Indian Wells the first time America has won there. Since he had already back to Andre Agassi in 2001, he defeated uh, Fritz defeated uh, Rafael Nadal, snapping Nadal's 20 match win streak. So could this be he? Could he be the guy for the American men in tennis? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, he did pretty well at the Aussie Open. So and you know, winning one of the, the top premier events outside the four majors that's that's huge. Yeah, you know, I've been asking that for a long time. When's gonna next American male tennis star step up? We might have it. We might have one now. We'll see if he can keep it up. But uh, yeah, so with that said, on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrub McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live and in living color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as you kids would say. Catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live and in living color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. All right, folks, you know, enjoy all the games coming up. Everybody should be some really good ones, you know, coming up this week with March Madness and, of course, the NBA and such. You know, we'll see if any more crazy NFL news, MLB news coming down the pike. <laughs> it should be interesting. So I know the weather's going to be up and down, so try to dress forward. If you're not going to get vaccinated, at least wash your hands and wear your mask and be good to each other. To the Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Bulls. Holla!